With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Through the ever unfolding infinite cycles of time, the bigger self awakens to more of who it is. Aloha shifters. This is Brendan and you're tuned in for another live broadcast and very exciting, very inspirational paradigm shift team building hangout broadcasted through the ParadigmShiftCentral.com project, a real-world interactive game to help shift consciousness. My name is Brendan, as I said, and I am joined with fellow shifters from across the world. So fellow shifters from across the world, let's unmute our microphones and say hello to all the beautiful people out there tuning into this in the future, in the present. Everyone, say hello to the people of the internet. Make some noise. Woo, woo, woo. We love you guys. So shifty. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. So thank you so much for tuning into this. To those of you who may be catching this in the present moment and all of you catching this in the future, this is a Paradigm Shift Team Building Hangout where we come together to not only build as a team, but to be able to practice talking about spiritual, metaphysical, consciousness shifting topics, to be able to talk about life, to be able to talk about reality, dimensions, infinity, and beyond. So for those of you who may not be entirely familiar, ParadigmsToCentral.com is the main website that you can check out. And there's all sorts of past broadcasts on there, including the Dream Class, the Paradigm Shift Destiny School, which I'll talk about the upcoming class for that. I got the topic for it, so we're going to talk about that. And also the Global Meditations and the Admin Meetings. And with this project, a big part of it is encouraging you guys to choose to be the change that you wish to see, to help people awaken to their potential within this very exciting multidimensional reality. So whether we're talking about chakras, whether we're talking about UFOs, whether we're talking about astral projection, all those things is about, uh, it's, it's really about being able to connect the dot and see more of the bigger picture. And we also want to encourage and invite people to help create physical paradigm shift communities where they are, which focus on regular open-minded discussion and meditation. So you can go to the main website, find a paradigm shift community where you are, or if there isn't one, you can always help create one where you are. So with that said, we're going to go around the circle and do some brief introductions. And to do that, we're going to get people to just say who they are, where they're from, and three things that they are passionate about. So who they are, where they are from, and three things that they are passionate about. So who here within this hangout, we have Ashley, Buffy, Jeremy, Michael, and Trina, and myself, Brendan. Who here, whoever would like to go first, please feel free to unmute themselves and we will pass the talking stick over to you. So let's just check in and uh, maybe Trina, you're brand new. Do you feel like going first? This, this, this sure, pick on the new girl first. Yeah, it's your pan-dimensional, hyper-intelligent, sentient being transmitting yourself through the signals of the internet. I'm pretty excited to have you join the Hangout. So, just Trina, welcome to the Hangout, and uh, please feel free to say who you are, where you're from, and what are three things that you're passionate about. So, uh, Well, I, I'm Trina, and I'm from Southern California, Orange County, to be precise. And I am passionate about, uh, I, 
have this theory that we can change this whole place with love. That's my biggest passion. So just changing the whole paradigm to a, a heart-centered love paradigm. Um, I can't say that I have two others right off the top of my head because right now I'm dealing with some pretty heavy, like, paradigm breaking down of everything I've ever thought was <laughs> real is no longer real for me. So my passions are ever changing and evolving. And so um, dealing with just trying to navigate through um, learning, relearning what is real when I'm living in a hologram, when I'm discovering that I'm living in a hologram, you know, so um, love, that's the only thing that I, I can say drives me right now. That's my passion. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Trina, just like going off that, I'd love to just be able to like give you a chance to practice explaining that. What does living in a hologram mean to you currently? So um, I, I would say that um, I once had these concepts of an ideals of what things meant, what they were, um, just even the just things that I, I took for factual reality. And um, a new theory came into my, my scope of uh, knowledge called the flat earth theory, which isn't something that I want to get terribly into or necessarily give too much credence to. But um, just the thought that, that you can be conditioned so much that you're stuck in, in this one cycle where you could not bust free. Like I could not, I cannot bust free from the idea that the, the planet is the globe and that we have visited space, you know, but there's lots of theorists out there that think that we've never, we la never landed on the moon and we've never been in space. And, you know, that what we think of um, our mother earth is, is completely different than what we've ever known. Um, and so just that the fact that there are people out there that are breaking through, like even just knowing what it is that we live on, like the world that everything that we thought was, I can't even explain it. That's how <laughs> freaking beyond me it is um, just coming across these theories and realizing that everything that I, I know could potentially not even exist, you know, um, as I know it. Um, so living in a hologram, I would say it's like the idea that everything around me that I thought that is could not be, I guess. Um, or could be, or could be something completely different. I guess also I, I kind of have this theory like we're, we're, we're a part of um, maybe another a body, like there's so many microorganisms and uh, maybe parasites and different cellular structures on the human body or that comprise the human body. So maybe we're, you know, parasites and microorganisms of this greater cosmic body and that's what's ever growing so there's just so many theories and thought forms and things that are coming at me right now that break through the barriers of everything i ever thought was real and that's what i mean by living in a hologram is that i don't know i don't know what is real <laughs> that's very very well said i, th I think that's a uh, that's awesome and um yeah like the hologram is a good, the, the, that's a good discussion for the group that we can talk about. What does it mean to live in a hologram? And I think there's like a few different ways to be able to take that um, relative to just like 
things aren't as they seem, things are illusion. But even the idea of like things being an illusion doesn't necessarily mean um, like, it, it may not necessarily mean that they're not real, but it may mean that there's actually like more truth hidden behind them. So like what we're seeing isn't the be all end all. It's only just like like the first layer of a deeper enigma sort of thing, opposed so to just being there's completely greater false. Depths behind yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Trina, thanks for thanks for joining and uh, thank you for sharing. And I, I look forward to being able to bounce around some more ideas with you uh, as we're going. And thank you for having me. Um, it's going to be difficult for me to learn to articulate these things like, because I don't have a lot of people that I can actually outwardly discuss them yeah. with. So Totally. And that's exactly, and again, like that's exactly why we have this space so that we can like practice listening to how crazy we sound sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like in a very like well, and i got the benefit of looking crazy tonight too yeah for those of you who are listening to this in the audio version in the future christina's got some crazy glitch going on with her camera so it's just like trina trina thank you has got some crazy glitch and it's like pure like matrix code straight up so awesome shape-shifting matrix code sweet okay trina we'll uh we'll pass it back to you soon enough and, and thank you again for for starting off the show so thank you cheers awesome all right, guys, let's keep bouncing around. And uh, we got a few other players who joined the game. Uh, we got some some weird-looking kid with a Leafs hat on, I think. Is that, is that a Leafs hat? Is that... Oh, it is a Leafs hat. You, you... <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me set this up properly. Okay, so we got a few people going joining in. Um, that weird-looking kid is uh, one of my good friends named Lane. And uh, I think we'll be able to at least just chat, pass it over to him to get him... Uh, involved in the discussion and so that he can at least test his mic. Uh, Lane's been in past broadcasts before. You guys might have seen him in some of my videos, but he's part of Paradigm Shift London as well. Um, Lane, do you want to test your microphone before we go too far? Do you want to just, because I, I got a feeling it's, uh, hold on. Lane, go ahead. Hello? Say something. Yeah, we can hear you. Hello. 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 <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah, uh, oh. actually, it's really all for spherical too because the Leafs oh. actually just won 6 1 over the Panthers, which is not a big deal. But That's whatever, you know, they just scored six goals in their last three home games. Six, six, six. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know. So, hey, All right, Lane, before, before, before you get um, just too far into it, your microphone, you're going to want to talk a little bit closer to it. I think it's like in your computer. So if in, you can. In yeah. It's in your <laughs> Can you? Yeah. So um, we're going to, Lane, I'll, I'll pass it over to you to do. To, I'll pass it over to you to do an introduction. And uh, what you didn't hear it, but what we're doing is we're basically just getting people to say who they are, where they're from, and three things that they're passionate about. So um, Lane, we'll, we'll pass it over to you. And, and Lane's been into like plenty of paradigm shift discussion circles. So he's a he's a genuine genuine bona fide uh, expert on um, whatever it is that we're doing here right now. So Lane, thank you for joining. <laughs> Jeez, okay, this is gonna be good. No pressure. Lane, thanks no for joining, problem. and we'll pass the talking stick over to you. And uh, who are you, where are you from, and what are three things that you're passionate about? Well, like, I'm a little nervous. I'm getting a little sweaty already, and I kind of have goose pimples in places where I didn't know I could feel before. Uh, I don't know. I guess, who am I? I am a character made flesh. I have recently emerged from a long hiatus from a radioactive manhole. Uh, so I've been, I've been deep in the pit for a while deep in the snake pit, doing rain dances, and uh, it's still hot here, somehow. Lane, can you, can you move closer to your microphone? Oh, right. It's, it's, I did, 
Honestly, I don't even know where it is because I have a funny card for all of you. General is good. Okay, so okay, so we got the gist of it. So Lane, what are three things that you're passionate about? Three things that I'm passionate about: uh, liberty, literature, and Lamborghinis. Specifically in that order. Do you wanna do you wanna expand on any of those with um some more legitimate answers related to the oh, paradigm shift? Okay, what am I like, what am I truly passionate about? I think literature was, uh also like diversity. I, I like I like knowing that there are different unbox and different flavors in the zip like I like finding out things that I didn't know existed before. I, fi I like finding new uh, labels and boxes and colors that people like to like draw on themselves with and and sometimes I meet people and it's like totally not my flavor but I'm just I'm excited that the person exists so it's fun to to meet new people and different things that I didn't know were, were real before. That's, that's, that's always fun. Uh, I, I, I can't remember what the question was. Yeah. Three things that you're passionate about? I think you're at like two and a half right now. Oh, well, the third thing I'm passionate about. Ooh, ooh. Uh, oh, I like cartoons. I like comic books. I like, I like, um, like sagas. Sagas. I'm gonna go with sagas. I like anything that's a saga. Life is a saga. Cool. Light, yeah, I was about to say, life, life is like a giant comic book saga. So. Yeah, rewritten and remastered. So. Alternate universes included. <laughs> cool. Okay, um, Lane, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll leave it there so that we can build the tension. And uh, thanks for joining. And, and we'll get into some of the free flow discussion. And you'll be able to jump right back in. So good to good to see you, man. Okay. Hello. <laughs> cool. Okay. So um, with that said, we'll keep bouncing around, guys. And again, we're just at this point, we're, we're really just doing like short introductions. Uh, sometimes we kind of do longer introductions where we talk about like things that we're doing to help shift consciousness where we are. And that's still important. And, and, and that will come up in other ways and uh, any projects that we're working on, stuff like that. But for now, it's just going to be who are you, where are you from? What are three things that you're passionate about? So let's uh, keep bouncing the talk and stick around and uh, see what the universe has to say in this moment. So who would like to go next between uh, Ashley, Buffy, Jeremy, and Michael, who's in here? Um, Jeremy, was that was that a signal for you wanting to go next? Yeah, sure. Okay, Jeremy, pull your mic up. All right, so Jeremy, go, go ahead. Welcome back. Yeah, sure. Um, so so one, one thing that uh, Lane totally... Did not uh, was was not accurate about it, is that Lane is actually me. Me and Lane are the same person tonight. Just um, <laughs> apparently, according to, according to laptop. Yeah. Yeah, it's according to our laptops. He he somehow okay. Like last time I was in Canada was like a, uh, a few years ago or something, and somehow Lane's um, no a few months ago, two months ago. Sorry, but somehow 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 Lane logged into his Windows and is me so they both are coming he's coming up as me i'm coming up as me i don't know if you guys can see the difference i, I for one of them is purple one of them is red for me i don't know if you guys can see that but. yeah you guys are you guys look identical yeah yeah all right so jeremy three things that you're passionate about off the top of your head go um impersonating myself um <laughs> impersonating lane but only when he's impersonating me. So I guess that goes back to two. 
and but then it kind of goes to three and then it's just back and forth like that forever so and and sometimes ufos oh uh ufos uh, astrology obviously those things <laughs> a, everyone knows about that everyone knows that. <laughs> cool okay sweet all right is there anything else in the moment you want to s- say jeremy um uh no 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 i mean i not right now anything outside of the moment that you want to say ben, i have to say i have to say that this moment feels kind of like condensed or something like uh, as soon as i came in here and tina and everyone was talking listening and it, was, it feels very like uh, condensed i, I kind of like spacious moments myself for when i when i but, but you know just preferences you know whatever but we'll, we'll, we'll like we'll, we'll like we'll let this moment like so they're sort of stretch out and you know, I dig it. I dig take, it. Take, take the shape that it needs to take, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so it tends, it, can, it just feels a little, the, 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 the vibrations are condensed for sure. It's, it can be hard to think when, when someone puts you in the spot and it's like your mind just like, <sighs> overdrive and you mm. open up your mouth and someone's like, answer this question. You're just like, my name? What? <laughs> I thought that was Lane. But Lane was me. What are you asking my name for? You should be asking Lane that, you know? It's like, it's so, it's so. It's allowing, like, you know, allowing space to, to take place. For and sure. Then, for and sure. then things will take their natural form and inner answers will come out. Stuff you forget about now will come back later. So For sure. Well, that's, that's a good reminder, Jeremy, and, and, and we'll do that. We'll take a, we'll, we'll bring in some extra space into this moment because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun to observe the different energies and different hangouts. And honestly, as soon as Lane came in here, like, it's it just, just, it just got Lane just, yeah, just, he just brings in help. the whole, like, fool <laughs> energy. And I, mean the, and I mean that in a good way, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, like tarot fool. So, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so, guys, before we uh, go on to next ones, let's literally just take, like, a moment of oneness. And this is just kind of something that we do every now and then to just, like, take, like, 10 seconds of just connect with yourself, breathing in silence, and then we'll come back and we'll continue the introduction. So, without even me really saying anything, just moment of oneness, full breaths. Here you go. Just connect. All right. I'm just continuing to allow that like calmness to even stay with you. And one thing I'll just say, just because it came into my mind, um, just while I was doing that simple breathing, and this is just like a practical thing to put into other people's, uh, to share with other people so they can bring it into their reality. Sometimes if I'm like in a schedule and I'm like sitting down and I'm just like hanging out and I'm like meditating somewhere, it's a really interesting thing to kind of be like, feeling the sensation of, oh, I have to get up and go. But then instead of getting up and going in that moment, it's just like, okay, I'll go after like five more breaths. And then knowing that those five breaths are like the last five breaths that you're having in that moment is a really interesting sensation because it really brings you into that presence of like, fully being able to appreciate them or just like being in a deeper sense of awareness of them. So that's kind of like a thing uh, that is interesting and, and, and reality can kind of bend 
to the schedules that you create for yourself. You know, if you're just like, oh, like I have to go like out to the store, or I have to like go do something, or if you're on whatever schedule, you're gonna be like, all right, like I, I will do that. But let me just take like five more breaths here. You know, that's not gonna make or break the scenario. And then to just kind of, again, observe what those breaths feel like when you know that like they're the last five breaths of your meditation or the last 10 breaths of your meditation. So it's just, it's just a little little idea that I uh, just want to pass on to people there. So let's keep moving along, guys. And um, we'll pass the talking stick around to do some more introductions. And uh, whoever would like to introduce themselves next, please feel free to unmute your microphone. And then we'll, uh, we'll see who it is who wants to go next. And looks like Buffy's got her microphone open. So Buffy, I think you already heard the basics, but just who you are, where you're from as in like, what's your name, where you're from, and what are three things that you're passionate about? So Buffy, you can go ahead. Yeah, my name is Buffy. Oh, sorry, Buffy, just before, can you, can you maybe move closer to your microphone? Yeah, I talk. Um, That's better, yeah. Oh, go ahead, talk, just. Is, is that any better? Yeah, that sounds okay, yeah. It's, so yeah, my name is Buffy, and I'm from originally from New England. And, um, I'm currently living in. Hmm. Sorry, Buffy, your mic's kind of phasing right now. Like it's kind of quiet. Um, yeah, I don't know I'm, if you want. I'm gonna try to talk a little bit louder. Is that better? Yeah, if you can just, if that's okay with you, yeah. Okay. So. I'm from uh, New Hampshire and I'm living in Florida for the past nine years and I'm healing from uh, multi of uh, trauma, you know, following the loss of my mom. And I have, I'm dealing with some chronic pain, but three things I'm passionate about are like Trina, uh, she did a great job. I resonated with a lot of stuff that she was speaking about, but um, definitely love first and foremost and connection on a deeper level than just the surface. You know, like a just like transparent connection with people and um, like um, let's see. Like my people, taking care of my people, like my son, you know, uh, just anyone that comes along the path that needs me, doing the best that I can do, and like expanding my knowledge of this spiritual thing because I've had so many like pretty awesome spiritual experiences, so I want more. <laughs> and I'm, you know, doing my best to try to grow and come together and listen to my ancestors that are, I feel like, leading me right now. Awesome. Thanks, Buffy. That's good. I like that, the idea of, like, listening. <laughs> Sorry, didn't say that again? I said I'm passionate about a lot of things but i guess that's a good, that's a good mm -hmm. 
That's good. That's good. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Buffy, thanks again for for joining. It's uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. So it's nice to be here. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So uh, let's keep passing the talking stick around. And again, you know, just like reminding that the the intentions behind doing this are to like <clears throat> through these hangouts, like we're also creating like a digital sacred space. And we're creating a space for us to speak and for us to be heard. And that's like a really, really, really like potent thing in terms of connecting as communities. So it's really, I really just want to say, you know, I really honor being able to connect with so many amazing people across the world and to also be able to observe like a lot of other people's stories unfolding. So like you see other people people kind of like going through their own shifts and stepping into more of their potential. And in the same way that for all of you, you can also observe that too through people who are returning regularly to these hangouts or just people in your social circles as well. It's a really magical thing to be able to like see a flower bloom and to see that same process in an individual uh, as well. So Thank you again to to everyone for, for being a part of this and um, yeah, just bringing it back to love. So let's keep passing the talking stick around and uh, we'll get right through the introductions. And then um, there's one topic that I had in mind that I want to bring into the discussion and get some thoughts on from you guys. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. So introduction wise, we still have Ashley, we have Michael and uh, Roman recently joined. So if one of you guys wants to unmute yourself and you can do your quick introduction so whoever would like to go next please feel free to unmute themselves and we will pass the talking stick over to you whoever that may be perhaps we'll know by the time i finish this sandwich bet you thought i was gonna say sentence who's it gonna be who's it (laughs) all right so either between ashley roman or michael um i guess we could always do things alphabetically and if that's the case then ashley would you like to go next if you're there if uh, i'm here but i'm trying to put the baby to sleep so uh, okay that's totally fine do you want to pass Yes, pass. Yes, okay, Ashley passes. All right, okay, so Roman and Michael, who's one of you guys wants to go next, please feel free to unmute yourself. Uh, 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 Yeah, I I just don't think Mike's there. Michael, maybe, yeah, he's he's working on like a paper right now on Hinduism, actually, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so Roman, so I'm not sure if you heard, but basically we're just saying uh, like our name, where we're from, and three things that we're passionate about. So, Roman, we'll pass it to you, and welcome back. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Roman Garza, as known. Um, Arizona, location, uh, the state of Arizona in the United States, for those who aren't familiar with it. Um, Three things I'm passionate about. Well, I guess to dilute and number it down, I guess, would be just I seem to have this consistent... Uh, striving to find truth and uh, not become too latched on any kind of external uh, beliefs that require dependency. You know, I never really found myself doing that. Second thing is um, I think I have an affinity for music, even though I don't know how to play an instrument. And three is um, 
I don't know, it'd take like an hour to kind of generalize everything, but yeah, that's the, that's the gist of it. Cool, man. All right. That's good. That's good. So everybody's locked in. We, we have a general idea of who each person is, some of what their player attributes are. So thank you guys for joining and uh, we'll hear from Michael as we get going. So, um, so guys, this, this is uh, within this from here, from what we do here, it's really just kind of, again, practicing talking about things related to spirituality, metaphysics, consciousness, life, death, infinity, and beyond. So um, one of the things that I actually wanted to bring into the, the talking circle, and uh, again, if you guys want to bring in your own themes, that will come up as we go. But one thing that I just wanted to bring up <clears throat> was kind of like this is kind of like a big uh, a broad subject but i think it's really really interesting um and it just kind of relates to the idea of observing spiritual experiences that people have had in ancient history um i feel like this is something that is like really worth looking into uh in particular because today when i was like working on stuff i was like packaging things for the shifter booster kits and i randomly just like pulled up a youtube video and and i just put in some words you know i put in like ancient esoteric mysticism and then i kind of clicked on a video and this one was actually about the kabbalah which is kind of like the ancient like jewish scriptures related to like their spiritual perspectives of like the tech like the like the nature of the universe and and that's what kabbalah really gets into and it's very like numer numerology based and you'll see like the tree of life and that's kind of like the map of god based on the seraphs um and it can get very 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 complex but one thing that I just found interesting, and this is kind of where I want to bring the discussion into, not even with so much of a question, but just to get you guys thinking, um, was like there was like one like rabbi, and they were talking about how he had his own like like okay, let me just step back. Okay, so um, spiritual experiences that in itself seems to be such like a prevalent thing that we kind of overlook within the history of culture. Um, but I feel like that is something that back in the day, people would do that. They would kind of be like walking around in the physical and then they would spend time like meditating and meditating and meditating. And then maybe they would like tap into some sort of quote unquote spiritual experience. And that would be like a really, really big thing for them. And so this one particular rabbi who ended up like teaching um, this kind of, uh, oh, okay, there's another idea I have to put, I have to share because this is like really key. But basically they were talking about how this rabbi basically had what we can think of as psychic abilities. Um, he was able to like touch people's third eye and then through doing that, he could like see their past lives and see their future lives and see the things that they needed to do to like reconnect with the godness in the universe. Um, so I, I kind of want to ask about that. And then there's just this other idea that I'll just mention because it kind of gives just like a bit of an overview. But there was like a part of like the ancient Kabbalah teachings that isn't in all of the Kabbalah. It's sort of like a portion of it. And it kind of challenged this idea of um, in the story of like Genesis with the Garden of Eden and things like that. We get this story that God kicked Adam and out of the Garden of Eden. But this perspective totally flips it into a way that I think is actually very relevant to what we are doing today. And um, it's basically this idea that instead of God kicking Adam and, Edom, Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, it's actually the other way around. Adam and Eden kicked God, Adam and Eve kicked God out of the Garden of Eden. And what this means is that right now we are still in the Garden of Eden. 
yet we have kicked God out of it. We have kicked our spiritual awareness out of it. And so now we're kind of in this process of like reconnecting into our spiritual awareness by like welcoming God back into it. And God is just kind of like that, like connection to source that each one of us can kind of has. Um, but going back a little bit, what are your guys' general thoughts on like the, I, I guess like the, the significance of studying some of the ancient like religions opposed to just kind of thinking them just like, Oh, that was just like some ancient religion of the past. But like, no, back then people were generally having crazy spiritual experiences and, and that was like governing their choices within life. Um, general thoughts. What, what, what do you guys think or, or any questions? Um, let me, uh, I know Jeremy's got Jeremy wants to jump in. Let me just double check. Trina will pass it over to you. Go ahead. Okay, so I have a theory on this that with um, with ancient connection to source that it was far more intense than ours because they weren't um, convoluted uh, with what we've been taught and conditioned to believe is God and is source. I think it, that today's religion and, and, well, the constructs of religion itself has really uh, separated people from divinity, from source, from um, those very uh, intense experiences because we have a convoluted idea of what it really is. Mm -hmm. That's good. Is there anything more on that or pass the talking stick? Or? I'll go ahead and. Okay. All right. So um, I, and that was good. Thank you, Trina. So, Jeremy, do you want to jump in on this? Yeah, sure. Um, it's interesting you're talking about the Adam and Eve story and uh, the like retelling of Adam and Eve to have a different symbolism is actually not um, a totally new concept. Um, I mean, it's something that had, was around um, in the um, around the around like 2000 years ago with the Gnostics. And I read a, a book on the Gnostics and each different Gnostic sect would actually retell all these different myths um, to have these spiritual meanings um, so that they were kind of part of their teaching. And they would write these different, they would rewrite these different myths that were kind of well known at the time um, from the Bible, like the creation story, Adam and Eve, and the implication was that they were encrypting different teachings and, and, and things like that. Um, it's actually written about it as such. Um, like the, the, the ancient Greeks believed in the whole concept of myth as storytelling and myth as sort of a secret keeping. And um, um, the... Um, Hold on. There we go. That's uh, looks like it could be a troll. <laughs> Sorry, they're muted. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, that was that was really interesting. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what that was, but that was okay. Anyways, no worries. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so one of the stories that um, I remember from when I, I read this book. Huh. That's like, um, I just want to say, I think that's like one of the kids who showed up when we got raided by Keemstar back in the day. So that's cool. He's still around. He's still listening. Go ahead, Jeremy. Passing it uh, on. For sure. Yeah, he, they probably go from one of these to the next. Yeah, but yeah. So um, 
Um, let's see here. So the one of the stories, one of the retellings of the Adam and Eve story was actually that um, that um, it, there was a few different retellings of the Adam and Eve story, and they all had similar plot device that they in introduced. And it wasn't that we were kicking God out of even Eden, but it was that um, um, God had a uh, a false son called the Demiurge. And this is retold about three or four times. And this, and this is, these, these, this is a myth that goes back 2000 years. So this goes back to the writing of the Bible, um, the, the, the Gnostic story of, um, but basically the, each of these different retellings of Adam and Eve have in common is that they say that there is the real God and um, he's supposed to be unformed and he's supposed to be the source of everything source of, and they actually call him the unformed uh, or the totality of totalities, um, the aeon of aeons or something like this, all these different things. And he's supposed to just be pure goodness and pure knowledge and immutable and, and beyond um, corruption can't actually take any form, just constantly forming everything, knowing everything and loving everything. And what happens in all these stories is that you have this perfect deity, but then what happens is that he creates, uh, he has a offspring who is, um, sees that he is one with this deity and then and then uh, basically claims to be that deity, and it's called the false, the, fa the false, the false god of the demiurge, the demi god. And each one of these stories has the same telling, where you have a god who thinks it is the only being, mm -hmm. and denies this other, this other deity, this all-knowing deity of its power. And that god is actually the creator god, in in, in the Gnostic story, and he creates Adam and Eve, to so that so that he can have someone that worships him because none, none of the other angels or anything will worship him because he believes that he's the only thing that exists or something like this. And, um, and in this story, um, the real God um, has a, a female form that takes form as the snake in, in the creation story. And the snake is actually the real God as the, as the goddess trying to warn that the humans that they're in an uh, illusionary realm or something like this created by an egotistical deity that has created them simply to worship him and for no other reason. And that's actually pretty much the, the same retelling. It's, it's like retold like five different times in the Nagamadaya library, which are texts that we have from 2000 years ago that retell this story. Um, basically that, you know, the creation story isn't, um, that there's two gods, basically there's the true God and the false God and the false God is actually the creator God because the true God, it says that is too good to, is too, um, his, his, his physicality when he, he doesn't create physical things or that if he does create physical things that, um, that are perfect and there's no suffering, um, or that he's just pure energy. And then we have this other deity who is made out of material, materialistic deity, um, ignorant, believes it's the only deity, doesn't believe in the other deities, um, and tries to get all the other deities not to believe in whatever and just believe in him. So it's kind of interesting retelling 
um, of that story. And I know that we had our friend Eddie on here the other night, and he talks about archons. And that word actually comes from the Gnostic. That's a Gnostic word. And the archons are these uh, uh, the the henchmen of the demiurge who do his bidding to try to convince humans that there aren't two deities but one, and all these different things. And there's not multiplicity of deities, but only this one deity who is the creator, who is just basically an illusory, an, an illusion, a world creating god that just is creating things for its own vanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's um, I'm getting feedback on Roman's end. I was gonna say, well, okay, we'll pass over to Roman. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff to branch into from like this topic of kind of like observing like the ancient esoteric texts and their references to God and some of like the hidden esoteric knowledge within there. And I'm sure one thing we'll get to even as we kind of like just like move through this naturally is kind of like the the idea that um lucifer isn't the lucifer that like a lot of people believe him to be as like this like devil thing and and there's like this whole this whole idea of like how like the freemasons and like a lot of like the theosophy and everything they like quote unquote secretly worship lucifer and then this like brings up a lot of red flags with people who are like common of like the christian belief and everything like that because like this like totally grinds their uh like their their thought process but it's just like something to be uh really aware of um in terms of like just uh not only like the fact that there are multiple stories but to try and understand what each story was like pointing towards as part of the bigger picture and what the relevance of it was um i'll mention this later but like i I watched uh interesting presentation and it was like of like a christian guy like debunking or or trying to like point out this whole fact that like oh the freemasons secretly worship lucifer but he was doing it from like a really negative point of view he was just like he's like oh this is their secret agenda and stuff like that and it was really really interesting to like hear it because i genuinely listened to it from his point of view um but but yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, you could tell he was like very close minded to the idea. Um, but anyways, we'll get more into that. Like the whole idea of like this hidden esoteric idea that quote unquote Lucifer, the morning star, the illuminated one is actually like a source of information worth looking at opposed to just never looking at it based on the idea that you think it's a devil and you think it's like totally evil or something like that. Because if they're hiding something from you, maybe there's actually something there worth looking into, but we'll keep passing around. Roman passing over to you. Uh, is my audio good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, see, this is like a perfect subject for me to land on, especially with my most recent amount of research. I really don't know where to start, but I guess I'll start from the point you originally made. Brendan was, um, <clears throat> looking at history and that, uh, retelling of Adam and Eve, uh yeah allegorically and symbolically like the adam and eve story is kind of true across all boards the only thing that changes is the positions of adam eve god eden lilith and you know whoever else is present in the story and the different symbolisms there and what they mean and what they're representing but other than that the framework remains the same which is the truth we should really get from that but that's dealing with a whole level of like human origins and the thing with history and human origins is there's so many versions of it and we're willing to to believe or 
uh, or know or get tricked by, you know, whatever we seem to come up with yeah, at the, at the rightest time. Like you're, you're, you're searching and searching and searching and you arrive at this. And you're like, okay, this seems to be the truth. But then, you know, there's more ahead. So uh, I think rather than commenting on history, I'll just say, yeah, there's, I would say that that Adam and Eve story, the one we all generally know as, um, you know, most people know, and then the one you said where Adam and Eve kicked God out of heaven, that's very intriguing in itself. And I think it's, you know, worth noting that, yeah, there's, there's this separation from, you know, cognitive spiritual awareness that's happened clearly from, you know, this like spiritual duress of humanity, if I could call it that. And, you know, that's definitely true. I wouldn't want to like swap it out and put it in place and try to like formulate this timeline, but yeah, definitely. Uh, that makes sense. And, you know, as to the authenticity and credibility of whoever told that story or where it came from, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter too much. You know, as long as they're not involved with any any people doing bad, you know, because I I could have a few things to say, but I also don't have a don't have a know how in in that realm exactly. Uh, but moving on, what you were saying about loose for a second ago, yeah, there. I would have said a couple of weeks ago that there is this differentiation between. Uh, Lucifer meaning morning star or the light bringer type things like that. And Lucifer meaning, you know, bad devil, Satan type of thing. Right. Um, but it's only, it's like a trifecta to where oh, Lucifer is a name. There's literally a Saint Lucifer that not, not too many people know about. There was even a church of Lucifer that was dedicated to that guy. <clears throat> and with that, I mean, besides the com the absolutely obfuscated and compound history of the word and meaning and use of word Lucifer. I, I would just say that um, certain propagators of like the new age and the, in the spiritual realm and um, cultural Marxism, and even, the, even I'd say a communist agenda, because that's kind of what it's labeled on there, but some theosophists are actually behind that. And they're backed by people in what's called the Fabian society and the Lucius trust. So I think when some theosophists say Lucifer, they're referring, uh, Christians will refer to them in a closed-minded way as worshiping evil, which they're not half, half wrong, they're not half off. And then, you know, people is uh, getting close to the far, our own far-roaded journey like this would say, oh, they, they're, they're talking about, you know, worshiping good. But then there's this third phase when you attain, you know, secondary cognition, you're like, well, what exactly are they worshiping? I could see in some writings, they kind of propagate this individualism, but in some others, I see that they propagate this collectivism. And then I see the people that they're supported by aren't exactly good people themselves. And it's really strange to think like, I mean, even some of the people I like to quote and some of us like to quote in the history behind that, I wouldn't call it dark history, but I mean, they are inadvertently connected to the, you know, what I'd call the consortium in one branch or another, you know, and I don't know much to say about that, but I'm just saying there's this discerning point of distinction we have to make where the ultimate thing is no matter what information we come across on, it's not rather formulating a belief or, um, you know, divesting or worshiping anything. It's about the ultimate lesson in your own hero's journey. If it, ha if that hasn't been obfuscated enough is, 
you are the individual that so happens to be a part of the collective. There's no higher or sacred or thing better than you, than you. And that seems to be some kind of, so it has a selfish kind of selfish connotation, but what some people don't recognize about a lot of, you know, looking back in history and formulating this, you know, this spiritual knowledge is what exactly is it trying to tell people? Cause the thing with bait with bait and switch too, is you can present a bunch of truth and then slip right in there. The, a thing that is ultimately horrible, you know, like collectivism or one world, this or transhumanism, that it's just something I've started to actually notice. And it's, it, it, it makes me backtrack on a lot of things that I thought I knew and I thought I believed. And it, but what it does though, is it makes you question all these things and be a little, you know, a little doubtable, a little oppositional, but what it brings forward is like true individualism to where you're not putting a thing above you or you're not telling something that you think is above you that they're above you and they have like a more, you know, godly command say in what your life is like and what it should be like. I just think that even if there is these inorganics or something higher than human beings, you know, uh, dimensionally, vibrationally, frequency-wise, whatever, they don't have an ultimate say in what we do. Humanity has their own work. Humanity has their own groundwork. Humanity has their own truth to behold. And I think it's this, you know, dependency on a lot of things that people get caught up in. And I think there are a lot of things that we perceive as truth that might only be half truths. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it is, you know, belief doctored from something else. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm kind of being really general here, but I'm just trying to get this thing across that like I found something new and I really don't know how to explain it, uh, how, how to explain to others that, hey, you know that thing you do a lot? I think it may be a little fraudish. I just want to get to the root of the root of the issue and get it solved. Um, but I can't, I haven't learned enough. Yeah. I can't hundred percent say that for myself, but there, that suspicion and that distinction is there. And, um, I think when we ride this road, the sticky rocks are in the back of, you know, recognizing what the federal reserve is or, you know, what the UN is or what, religious constructs are we're still going to be hitting roadblocks even when we think we've come so far mm -hmm. and I, I think we all know and understand these truths but it's really i mean you're not doing anything if it's not being put into practice so i mean yeah i want to finish up here but sorry to get some off topic it's just this topic was perfect to go into that um but with the whole ancient history thing and with adam and eve i'm like i mean yeah uh different versions and constructs of history however you want to symbolize them they're really good teaching tools um but what has to be understood is uh not to not to divest and to not worship and to not have dependency on something that is not of you because yeah. that ultimately gives something else your power when really cognitive spiritual awareness is about empowering yourself and i understand that people will find truth in a lot of things but i'm just saying Mm -hmm. all right you guys can take it away and actually remind me what the subject was because i forgot a few things <laughs> no worries no worries no that's good, that's good.
Um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's keep uh, bouncing around uh, some more and just kind of like narrowing it in. I mean, there, there's a few things we're kind of talking about simultaneously here. We're kind of talking about, you know, like deciphering ancient symbolism within like, uh, you know, religious scriptures and just kind of like the stories that they're telling. Um, one thing, just going back to the idea of like, are the Freemasons worshiping Lucifer or whatever? Uh, you also get into like this idea that um, like some of the, the representations of their God was both like this, like male, female, type archetype it was both like a yin yang and so i mean again like for some thought circles they have like this resistance towards the idea of like like there's their god and then if there's someone worshiping a god that's like a male female hybrid yin yang thing suddenly that's like hard for them to understand because like in their mind their god is like pure love yet what happens when people start worshiping not so much a god but rather an understanding of the universe as being something that is male female black white sort of thing and i feel like that's kind of like what like the freemasons are actually kind of getting into and that's where like the baphomet uh symbol comes into play and long story short uh every single like like 90 percent of the symbolisms within everything turn out to just be horus so just spoiler alert um <laughs> so let's keep passing it around and uh who would like to jump in on on just like thoughts on what we were talking about earlier the top the topic of like like spiritual experiences from ancient past ancient spiritual texts and kind of like what we think of them today and what relevance they hold and and just giving a shout out to people in the chat on youtube um you know they're just talking about uh saying let me just scroll up here uh saying that they always thought like the bible was always like metaphors and allegories um to teach people like how to go further within uh, that comment was somewhere. I'm just having trouble finding it, but I think it was either Chris. I think it was Chrissy that was saying it. Yeah. Um, mm, 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 yeah. The Bible is meant to be allegorical stories that teach us how to go within, meditate and be one with source. Um, so, I mean, yeah, again, like some of the, the Christian Catholics sort of have this perspective that like God is like this thing outside of us. And then they have this sort of hard idea of like, they have resistance towards some uh, quote unquote, like practices supporting the idea of encouraging people to find the God within themselves. That like is something that goes against their, their dogma, so to speak, which is interesting. Right. Cause I feel like beliefs can limit you from really opening up your reality to further experiences. But anyways, let's, uh, who would like to jump in next? Um, I, I think I'm not sure if, uh, I just want to be able to give a chance to if any of the, um, females here would want to go in, um to say anything next just feel free to let me know da, 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 da. if any um trina i don't know if you want to if there's anything else you want to say just want to give everyone equal chance to jump in oh yeah i uh i read something recently and i i i can't quote it because i don't i can't cite it i don't remember my source um but it was the concept that um that the the God in most religious texts is a God that has been, uh, like it's a trickster God, you know, that we've been um, convinced is the real deal and convinced that uh, if we follow the real God, that which is Satan, really, Lucifer, um, what's been now deemed as Satan, um, so we, the, the idea was that we've been, we've been tricked into thinking that the real God is um, the, the false god or the false idol, the, um, the fallen one, 
um, so that we, we have turned from our God to worship a trickster in the Hebrewic religions. Yeah. Um, thanks, so, Trina. I, Jeremy, I just want to double check, just uh, just give anybody else. Does anybody else want to jump in before we pass over to Jeremy? I'm not sure if Lane, did you want to say anything? Lane, do you, do you have, let me just check your microphone. Um, Lane, do you have thoughts on like ancient, like, <laughs> Ancient Jewish men having spiritual experiences and and kind of like how I, that rolls over in today's reality, relevance-wise, acknowledging that people had crazy spiritual experiences back in the day. Um. Yeah, I, I missed a big chunk of, of uh, what what happened a few minutes ago there. I just my internet choked out, so I'm I'm just trying to re regather what uh, what has been said. Um, experience uh, with spirituality and religion, especially when it comes to ancient religions. Uh, I consider myself an eclectic. I think things are very easy that way. Uh, I, I have a, a love for mythology and, and literature and, and religion and, and story and kind of the, the, the history of, of mankind in that fantastical sense. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good things to be learned from it. But at the same time, I don't have any... Um, allegiances to any particular dogma or any particular idea and that really helps me stay focused on uh, like I, I read everything but there's there's so much to read and there's interpretations on top of interpretations on top of interpretations and and opposing interpretations of the same set and, and you know so I, I really almost feel like you're gazing into a mirror it's you're gazing into a mirror a, a little bit uh, with that kind of stuff and that's where I really I trust my intuition to pick out the stuff that's, that's relevant to me and yeah, I try to get a balanced, you know, I try to consider opposite views and get a balanced, balanced view. But in the end, and at the end of the day, I really consider myself whatever I feel in the moment to be. And I, I you know, I can quote Jesus or I can quote Buddha or I can quote uh, Lucifer, you know. Um, but I, I really feel it's a, it's a mirror. And you, you'll, you'll uh, get out what you, what you look into it kind of thing because I see a lot of, you know, with any ideology, I, Ideologies are great. They can give you a framework for, okay, this is what I believe myself to be, or this is what I want to become, or this is how I want to view the world, or, you know, but you can look at one ideology and, you know, oh, let's spread peace, love, and light, or faith, hope, and charity, and, you know, with the very same ideology and with the same justification, you're out there, you know, buying pillowcases and burning bags, and that's, and that's okay, you know, not okay, I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm just saying it's a part and parcel of the same ideology. So depending on how you look at it, I mean, you, you, like you said, you can look at, uh, you know, God as a tyrant or God as a father. You can look Lucifer as the adversary or Lucifer as, you know, the truth. So it really depends on, on, how, on how you look at it, I think. Uh, my, my experience with ancient religions is, uh, oh, I'm losing my train of thought here, but I, I really, I, I think I like to get into everything, my intuition. Mm -hmm. Uh, guide me in that sense. Mm -hmm. I don't really have any. Uh, I just I, I think it's important to stay away from allegiances. I had some other stuff, but I, I totally lost it there. So uh, I guess I'll pass pass the stick. That's good. That's good. That's perfect. Passing the stick. So. And uh, Lane, FYI, just um, be careful if you're like moving your laptop because that like kind of jars the microphone. So we like get like a noise when you do that. So okay, uh, yeah, FYI. yeah. 
No worries. <laughs> All right. So let me just check Lane's microphone. There we go. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, let's uh, keep passing around. Um, there was something that I'll say afterwards. So who would like to... <clears throat> who would like to jump in next? And and I know Jeremy wa wants to say something, but again, I just want to give a chance. Okay, uh, if anybody else uh, has something that they want to jump in on, just related to again, like you know, like where does our okay? This is basically what I was going to say. It's eleven eleven right now, so bonus points. That's awesome. Um, what I feel is kind of what we're working towards is kind of like this. I mean, think about this. Think about what a lot of us feel right now. We're kind of working towards this new era of like this dissolvement of religion into kind of like a single like collective that is an assortment of many collectives. You know, like we, like all of us here, we're not quote unquote the same religion, but we still share similar perspectives, yet each of us has our own unique perspectives. And that's kind of like what makes it so beautiful and everything. So um, this is actually something that, again, I was watching the presentation I was doing and, and like the Christian guy, like this was his problem with this. He was just like, oh, the Freemasons are trying to do this whole like uh, order out of chaos thing where they're trying to make all the religions fight each other. And then the pain against fighting each other will be so unbearable that they'll decide to come together and unite as like one religion sort of thing. And he was like, no, that can't happen. Like we must be like separate and stuff like that. Like, you know, like everything's got to like, it's either right or wrong in, in their perspective, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, like it's interesting to observe uh, how a lot of us have kind of like naturally moved away from the traditions of religion. Yeah, the traditions of religion still hold a place because this is something that I'm interested in. Um, a lot of like the people who studied the Jewish scriptures and stuff like that, there's some, I, I, you know, I'm interested. I'm interested in learning more about them. Like, what do they experience when they meditate, you know? Because I feel, again, a lot of what drives some of these religious cultures is the spiritual experiences. Um, and this was something that I was talking about in the video. Back then, there wasn't a lot to do. You know, you would kind of like roam from town to town. You would farm and you'd be living a very simple life. And then some people would literally devote themselves to dedicating themselves in meditation to have like a transcendental experience. So they would literally like sit there and like meditate and chant and chant and chant. And then suddenly like, boom, some guy's like third eye opens up and he's just like, oh, like I see it, I see God or something like that, right? Um, so it's just interesting to think about how a lot of us today have experiences uh, with like psychedelics and dream exploration and astral projection and stuff like that. Those experiences to a degree would have been so like meaningful back in the day, um, especially without the same context, right? Like if you're just living a simple life and then suddenly you had some crazy psychedelic experience, of course you're going to refer to that as, you know, some sort of like God type encounter or whatever. But anyways, um, so that, I know there's a few ideas, but let's keep bouncing. Um, I'm just reading Michael Pratt. He's talking in the chat, but he's saying some of the rabbis wore mushroom caps. So that's interesting, right? Because like a lot of like the ancient religious uh, scriptures and everything did have like almost esoteric connections to uh, psychedelics, such as like the soma uh, and things like that. But what else? Uh, what else do we want to touch upon here? Without any particular question, again, just like what are your guys' thoughts on like ancient religions and their present day like significance? What have you learned from them? Um, Who's, is that, Jer Jeremy, did you, did you want to jump in? Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, I've read a few different books about um, 
about ancient religions using these uh, like mystical experiences, and mystical techniques to, um, and, and that religion might actually be based around communities of people that use different techniques um, to achieve like different sort of altered states of consciousness. Um, there's like obvious ones that we know that we accept now, such as like uh, psychedelic uh, substances and um, there's also dancing um, um, and like Native Americans uh, would fast for a long period of time. Um, and I'm not sure that every myth is, has such a, one, one thing that I, I like, one thing I, that I've, from reading all these different um, books is that I feel like each um, author will have some really good interpretation of these for myths saying, oh, you know, because this is, you know, for example, like a, there's a feathered parrot in Mayan system that uh, is supposed to believe to have been like a certain constellation that shifted slowly over a thousand years and, and uh, the North Star constellation that slowly shifted. I, I think that each myth and kind of getting to what Roman was saying and what you were saying is that I, I think that when we go in on this full in, full tilt on this idea that each myth is just an encryption of secret information, you, you actually lose out on the whole point of experiencing myth, right? And the myth is supposed to be something that you enjoy and it's supposed to be a story that you um, get to sink into and there is supposed to be a mystery to it, you know? And I think it, it, it just, just to say that, oh, this myth means this, you know, to sort of eagerly try to decrypt them or try to eagerly figure out which one, what, what, what each myth means um, and to try to come up with a really certain interpretation for each one. I think you're, you can really miss out on enjoying and seeing the different layers that there might be. There might be layers of synchronicity you might miss because you're so gung-ho on just trying to figure out the one true interpretation of that myth when there might not be one. I don't think there's one true interpretation of anything, honestly, as my conclusion is that that whole search for just a one true anything is just leads you to really hastily discard lots of things. So mm. I think a lot of these, a lot of these stories, I think they deserve to just be enjoyed and uh, who knows, you know, maybe there's synchronicities we're supposed, we're never supposed to know about in this lifetime. Maybe they, they won't be become apparent until thousands of years later. Maybe they're way, maybe they have so many different layers that might be, Maybe the, you know, who knows, who knows, right? They might, but there might be so much to them. So um, I think just one thing I, I guess I'm saying is um, don't try to decrypt them. Don't try to, don't try to take each one of these stories and take the mystery and the magic out of each one and say, oh, well, this story just means this, this was just this, it's just an allegory for this, you know, or this story is just an allegory for this. And this, and it gets kind of Marxist, I think, you know, it's reduction, reductionistic. And uh, that's, you know, or, or, or psychoanalytical, like Freudian. I, I think that that's just uh, foolhearted, you know. Um, it, it's fun. And maybe the interpretations you are finding are true ones when you are, because everyone's going to do it. Everyone's going to sit down and read a myth or everyone has their own take on Adam and Eve or whatever, and they're going to have their own really crazy interpretation, maybe if they think about it enough. But, um, and each one might be true, or each one has some truth to it, right? Each one has some resonance to it, but you have to leave space for the other interpretations to, Take hold. And you also have to leave space for the fact that maybe there is just one 
that was intended, but then of course, maybe there wasn't one intended one, but then there's these other layers that pile up on it. So we have to stay open to these things and to just enjoy these myths, I think, and uh, read more, you know, read other people's perspectives that actually have studied and not just self-reflected on their, how they, how these myths made them feel. Cause some people, you know, like I think the, like the one book I read about the Mayan uh, parrot myth was really convincing. It was like, I could have walked away and easily just been like, wow, that's the only way to interpret that myth. And it's so obviously this constellation interpretation, but you know, I would like to think that, you know, maybe that was the intention of the writers of that myth, but just because how the storytelling is, is sort of the key component to myths. Storytelling is the main, it's, 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 they're meant to be enjoyed around bonfires, you know, or around Google chats. Um, that, um, so that was supposed to be a joke, but um, that, um, that it will actually naturally have a life of its own and will take on meanings other than ones originally intended, you know, and synchronistically beyond its own control. So that's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, thanks, Jeremy. And uh, yeah, like that, <clears throat> just on that, like from my own observation again. So earlier today, I was watching the video of like a Christian guy who is basically kind of not like attacking or at least he wouldn't call it attacking but kind of like really from his perspective talking about how freemason is like super evil and stuff like that and again like he kind of kind of what jeremy was saying he would like show some symbols and he'd be like and be like now see these symbols like that's what they mean on to the next one and it would just be like very like and and, and even some of the stuff i'm just like ah like i've heard otherwise you know like i i've what he said wasn't wrong but it wasn't all there is and so if we're just like locking in our interpretations of these myths and, and especially symbols um then yeah that that can be like very limiting in being able to find the common ground one thing i just wanted to say and we'll pass the talking stick around one within the other presentation i watched two videos the other one was just about like the ancient like mysticism of Kabbalah and, and Babylonia and stuff like that. It talked a lot about Babylon, which was really interesting. Um, but it had another myth within the, uh, within like a sort of a sect of uh, in, under like Judaism relative to the Kabbalah. Um, that was kind of like this like branch. And, and within that it had this origin story about how I'll, I'll explain it as best as I can, but like God, like, created all of the light inside of a vase and then in order to like create this world he smashed the vase and then all of these sparks of light fell down into the earth and so everything that is on earth right now that has life in it is like a spark of light that was like created from this original uh, creation process. And, and even there's this whole thing about like how the creation process was also a destruction process, which was like a, something to observe. Like you couldn't have creation without destruction. Um, but their story was that through their religion and through their spiritual practice, their objective was to reunite themselves with God by acknowledging and like and 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 connecting to the spark within themselves and the way how they would do this would be through like humility and good deeds and like helping people in their community and like creative expression and things like, like that so you know people can not can like talk about how religion is just like constricting people and brainwashing them and stuff but then you get other parts of religion that are genuinely trying to encourage people to like go out there and help people to be love in their community to, I mean, look what we're talking about. You know, we're always telling people to like go do free hugs and stuff like that. So I think it's interesting to observe that 
what they were talking about then is still parallel to what we're doing now, which is this kind of resurgence of love, this like spiritual movement that is really just about without having to label it. It's just like understanding that like through love, things change. And through love, we individually awaken to that connection with our own like realization of divinity. And and I feel like that's what part of the big paradigm shift is. And, and that for me has always been a motivating idea is that that spark from my experience, my understanding, regardless of what you're calling it is there. It does connect with everyone. It has a presence and everyone's going to be able to connect with it in their own way. So just like by inviting them along the, this path gives them the freedom to find their own connection. And maybe that connection will be through meditation. Maybe it will be through like sacred geometry and studying nature. Maybe it will be through just like helping out in their community and like seeing another person's eyes and like really feeling an intimate, like one-to-oneness with them sort of thing. So there's a million and different one ways to like reunite back to source. But I feel that is like kind of our hero's journey is like re reuniting with our awareness to our connection with source. But then from there, knowing that the journey doesn't end, but continuing this process of like helping others connect to this, their own divinity, their own empowerment, really, it's what it comes down to. It comes to empowerment. Because again, I think when you wake up to that divinity, you wake up to your empowerment because you wake up to, again, your potential as the dreamer within the dream, which is um, the bigger thing. But yeah, so just getting on that was a really, really interesting idea of noticing that like the the vase smashing and the fractals of sparks being sent out all over the world. And they had this story for it. And their story millions of years ago was like something that made sense to me. I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty much like how I see it. Just like told as a myth sort of thing and and again them promoting love was just like yeah okay i can vibe with that right so um and i think that's like a big thing when you look at all the religions each one of them at its core like values that like oneness meditative inner journey like that's really what so many of them are about there they'll talk to you about like you know the the mystical experiences of like dreaming and just meditation and then when you start to notice religions based around like when you start to notice religions with an absence of that, that's when you, that's something to take note of, right? Christianity doesn't really tell us to like go like practice, um, you know, like things like related to like uh, lucid dreaming and stuff like that. Right. So again, it's just kind of interesting to notice what gets taken out because sometimes what gets taken out is actually like what is really important uh, in a lot of ways. So stating the obvious, uh, we'll just keep passing around. Um, we do have a few other players who have recently joined the game, so I want to be able to pass it over to them. Um, just checking in, uh, Breathe, did you want to, if you want to jump in with anything, just feel free to unmute your microphone and we'll pass it to you. So, Hey, guys. Hey, man. Welcome, welcome back. And if you just want to introduce yourself with your name and, and stuff like that and jump right in. Yeah, uh, my name's Steven. I just wanted to... Uh, say that God is too big for just one religion, right? So that's why we have all those religions. And I don't want to sound arrogant, but I am God, so hello. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, exactly, right? And 
And so, I mean, I think that that is like a very humbling thing to like literally be like, be like, yes, I am God. I am a fractal of God. And to be able to like embody that in a very like genuine way to understand that we are all that godness. Um, whereas some religions will be like really mad at you if you start like taking on that idea, which again, it's like, why are they mad? Like, what don't they want us to know? Um, I'm looking at you, Christianity. So anyways, not to say it's bad, but I'm just awfully suspicious. <laughs> So um, a good spiritual friend will like will 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 challenge someone else's beliefs and stuff like that. You know, be like, but why do you believe this? What's going on, right? What's the deeper motivation? What's the deeper intention? Um, and this is coming from someone who is like raised Catholic and stuff, right? So uh, let's keep pouncing around, guys. Um, who would like to jump in on this? And we can we can change up the conversation to something completely different in the next moment. Um, Darth Dawkins, I, I know you just joined and, and I do want to be able to pass the talking stick over to you. Uh, and I think this is your first time, but, uh, Darth, welcome to the hangout and, uh, please feel free to either say whatever name you want to go by and anything you want to say, adding into this conversation. Working? It is. Yes. It sounds good. So, uh, okay. Well, go yeah. Ahead. Um, my screen name is Darth Dawkins. Um, I'm a, uh, fundamentalist Christian and I would just like to know, how are you able to verify that anything that you have stated is true? That is an interesting question. Can I ask you what your intention is on asking that? Well, I've, I've heard a couple of the commentators and yourself included making comments about the state of reality. Well, how are you able to determine that what you believe about reality is true? Cause you made a comment about Christianity earlier. Was there a specific comment? Um, yeah, well, I, you're making comments about the nature of reality. For example, you said that we're a fractal of God. How are you able to determine that that's the case? Um, given that specific example, that one would actually be easier than other ones, um, just given like the fractal patterns found within nature, which is a whole conversation that we can get into if it's something you're interested in talking about. Well, since I'm, since I'm a Christian in the Christian worldview, God has revealed that he is separate and distinct from his creation. So we would not be a fractal of God. Now, if it's the case that we are a fractal of God, uh, how are you able to verify that? I mean, With again, intuition. This, intuition is one way of putting it, though I know that's not going to satisfy um, some people really trying to get more out of this um it's one of those things when it really comes down to like semantics and it comes down to like what people's definition of god is and so are we talking about god as in connection with the bigger universe are we talking about god as in like an unknowing deity an unknowing being an unknowing part that is like beyond the universe sort of thing um, but yeah, like Darth, what, what are your thoughts on people who are like openly kind of exploring, uh, their own understandings of spirituality and finding their own like personal connection to divinity and divinity from their perspective? Well, I, I don't, I don't think that people can find their connection with divinity unless they repent and turn to the God of the Bible. I think that if they do anything short of that, they will be following the deception of Satan. Now, you earlier, you brought up the issue about a Christian criticizing masonry. Well, the reason why Christians criticize masonry is because masonry basically teaches 
all roads lead to God. In the Christian worldview, those Christians who would criticize masonry do so because the Bible says there is a narrow path and only a narrow path that leads to God. But if you're saying we're all we're all fractals of God, I'd just like to know how you were able to determine that. Um, again, it's one of those things where I don't think my answer will satisfy you personally, though it's one of those things where like, I think within each of us, there is a knowing that we are connected to the universe, that we are connected to everything, that we are connected to the bigger experience that okay. we all are. Wow. So. How are you able to distinguish with what you just described between that and just a vivid imagination? Well, if you were to look into the future, we've actually decoded God as an algorithm. Um, so if you want, there's a book that I can reference, but it doesn't exist yet. So again, does I don't does the future does the future does the future exist? Um, this is a whole nother conversation, but yes, from my perspective, okay, the good. future you, is very much okay. a circle. Okay, and how are you able to determine that? I guess again, my intention is what is your question what is your what is your intention in asking? Because I feel that like your question isn't so much well, you seeking an answer. Should we embrace and accept your scenario about the nature of reality? And if we if the answer is right. yes, then how did you arrive at that? And ultimately, okay, so we'll, we'll say this and we'll, we'll pass the talk and stick around. It's one of those things where with any of these conversations, this is really just here to encourage people to think for themselves. My perception of reality is my perception of reality. It's not something that you have to believe. It's not something that you have to like take in as your own. But through the exploration of like asking questions and connecting the dots, like that is really what this is about. It's about encouraging people to keep asking questions and to keep that's building what I'm, their that's own what I'm doing. Reality, I'm, asking you, so. I'm asking you a question. Right. You're going to state that we're a fractal of God. How did you determine this? I watched a YouTube video about it. And so. how did the YouTube uh, video determine that we're a fractal well, of God? Well, I was just being a little uh, somewhat like satirical there. But again, the okay. fractal nature, the fractal nature is like something that is quite observable. It's one of the one of the amongst other things one of the very observable aspects of the interconnectedness within reality when you get into the idea that the spiral of your fingertip is the same spiral of a galaxy and the branches of a tree are the same veins within your arms it relates to this um again sort of like that phrase as above so below which is a well-known phrase within a lot of like the freemason you... esoteric do you agree with the statement that all observations are inherently theory-laden? Um, theory-laden. Can you clarify yeah. what you mean by that? Well, if you were to take, for example, the, uh, the philosophy of science, it's widely recognized within science all observations are inherently theory-laden. If you're talking that you can, can conclude that you're a fractal of, of God due to observation, are your observations inherently theory laden? In other words, are they are they a product of your network of assumptions, or are your observations and conclusions um, the product of something else? So, in the reference to the fractal thing, and again, we'll, we'll, I'm going to pass the talk and stick around in a minute. Um, the fractal thing is kind of like this idea of 
yes, you're kind of running with this theory that patterns are consistent throughout reality. And so if you're able to observe patterns within nature, then one can theoretically assume that those same patterns actually exist beyond the physical. And in that sense also exists into our connections with higher dimensional reality. So I think when you start to like really ask questions about God, you, you have to begin opening up the door to realizing that this physical reality is not the be all end all. And that's when you start connecting dots through like lucid dreaming experience and dream exploration and meditative states and questioning life after death and life before death. And really, again, kind of even what we were talking about before, understanding that like this version of reality is there like as an illusion and the illusion uh, how do, is part how do of the you know process. that the experiences that you're having are not demonic deceptions. Well, again, that's like one of those semantic things. And I think like people are going to define demonic deceptions based on their own personal like framework and their own way of perceiving things, their own like lens of perception. And so, I mean, what I may be doing may be, may be thought of as demonic deception to some, but doesn't necessarily no, mean... No, I didn't accuse you of that. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that. it is, but I'm just saying... Well, you know, the point like, I'm trying to make is you're, you're laying out a scenario of various things that you consider to be true in reality. And you're saying you're doing so by observation. But mm -hmm. observations are not neutral. Observations are conclusions following a sensory experience that mm -hmm. are a product of your network of beliefs or your paradigm. So observations are not neutral. An observation is a conclusion that is a product of your paradigm. So when you're telling yeah. me that you can conclude that we're a fractal of God based upon observation, your observations and conclusions are a product of your paradigm. So how would you verify your paradigm about reality? Again, it's one of those things where even if what I'm saying may piece together an interesting perspective of the puzzle, like believe nothing, see everything. This goes for you too. So like, I should believe really nothing. So then that question, means I shouldn't believe you. Then I yes, shouldn't believe you. Then. Don't believe. I shouldn't believe me. anything you just said. I'm I'm telling you not to. I'm telling you to think for yourself. Okay, good. So like that's ultimately like. No, all you said believe nothing. So I can't even think for myself. Well, now you're just kind of getting like a little bit facetious. So no, that no, there. No, I'm not being no, 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 Jeremy. I'm not being a troll, Jeremy. It's it's okay, no, Jeremy. So your microphone's you muted, listen. actually. So, Jeremy, I'll I'll Jeremy, unmute you in a second. Trust me, so. I am not being a troll. I am raising no. He's not being a troll. I understand. No, that. I'm not being a troll at all. But at the same time, like you're kind of carrying this intention that's like very just like. But how do you know? But how do you know? No. But how do okay. we know? Well, it's Go a ahead. it's a it's Go a legitimate ahead. it's a legitimate philosophical question which yes. deals with epistemology, your theory of knowledge. Yes. How do you know what you what you what you know? And Jeremy with the beer with the headset in there, I can assure you, I am not being a troll. Um, I have many paradigm conversations with people from all mm -hmm. different perspectives. I am not trying to join the room and being uh, dis disruptive. But when somebody tells me about what the state of reality is, either in part or whole, mm -hmm. I want to know how did they arrive that this is the case and that rather, that rather than this is not just something that's a product of a vivid imagination. Mm -hmm. And again, I think, like, that's a, I think that's a fair and legitimate question.
I, and again, I, and, and I understand like where you're coming from, because yeah, like if there's things that we're talking about in terms of the nature of reality, then it's good to be able to build a framework and a foundation based on observable like aspects that can be observed by multiple parties. The fractal thing is something that can be observed. And again, like if you can, obs if you can find for yourself without me having to like point it out for you, the fractal patterns all throughout nature, then you can sort of begin to apply this concept that consciousness works under those same concepts. And in that sense, we have like, and, and I'll just say this as an example, you can look at the terms of like bodies of consciousness. So you can look at it in terms of like a single cell and yet that single cell at a layer up works as a group of cells. And then that group of cells is almost like a collective consciousness in itself. And then you go up a little bit higher and a little bit higher right. and suddenly we have a body, we have an individual person. And that individual person is clearly uh, made up of a fractal of individual points of like consciousness and then you go a little bit further and suddenly you have a community or you have a group a social network and then you go a little bit further so you have like a single body of like a cell then you have a body of a human then you have a body of a community then you have a body of a country and then you have a body of a planet and in that sense like it's kind of going again to this idea that we can observe how like things kind of work on this fractal level of hierarchy so one can assume that it wouldn't just stop at some your, point, but that overall, I'll just finish here. That overall sure. idea is that like the consciousness of the universe itself is theoretically like one thing in the, in not, not to just say one thing, but everything how is do connected. You know that? How do you and know again, that? it's, it's one of those things where I'm not going to really try to like, uh, like I, I can say that there are ways to know it, but it's really one of those things that comes back to knowing thyself. And when you know yourself, then you can start to see like more of the truth. So it's one of those things where if someone were to say like, how do you know? Like, it's one of those things where like, it's not like it's always as simple as like giving someone a red pill. What's going like, to really something somebody that else who has experience. a different, somebody else has a different experience that contradicts your position. Right. How are you able to determine whose conclusions are correct? And again, it's one of those things that there's one, I'll pass it to you in a second, Steve. There's many, there's many ways up the mountain. And I think that's the idea. So whether you're coming from like a fundamentalist Christian perspective or whether you're coming from someone who is just like really a seeker and connecting the dots in their own ways, there's many different ways. Are you, are you saying that all roads lead to God? Um, if that is one way that we want to put it, then yes. But if by me saying that okay. is like you also and associating what me about within Christianity? the same category. Christianity says, Christianity, <laughs> okay, go says, ahead. Christianity says there's only one road to God, anything right. outside of Christianity. So if you say all roads lead to God, you're saying that Christianity is false. How am I saying that? If you say all roads lead to God, that is a de facto denial, whether you realize it or not, that Christianity is false because Christianity, excuse me, Christianity explicitly teaches there's only a narrow path to God, and that is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But if, if your view is correct and Christianity is wrong, how are you able – oh, what, what's not correct, Jeremy? Jer sorry, Jeremy, I'll, I'm going to pass it over because I think... No, let him, um, let him, he, no he's object. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was just... No, I, I just got him on mute right now, so I don't think we hear him through the channel. But I was just going to say that, and I, I think it's him. probably what Jeremy um, 
sorry, Jeremy, one second, but, but yeah, okay. It's just kind of challenging your logic there in, in, in some ways. Like I don't think uh, by saying there are many roads to, when we say there are many roads to God, some of those roads may believe that they're the, the only road. That doesn't contradict the, the idea that like, sure, say, it's con- the road. Okay. Do you be- the law of non-contradiction states A cannot equal not A. Do you agree with that? Um, my brain doesn't really work in the way that you just explained it, but sure. Okay. Like, I'm, okay. I'm not, so, go okay. ahead. The law, of not, the law of non-contradiction is the basic fundamental universal principle by which we can reason about anything in existence. A cannot equal not A. Okay, that's called okay. that's called the law of non-contradiction. Now, in order to deny the law of non-contradiction, you would have to employ it, which would be self-refuting. Now, if you are going to say that all roads lead to God, then somebody who says that not all road leads to God would be a contradiction. So your affirmation that all roads lead to God is actually a denial that there's a only a narrow path to God. How were you able to determine that there is a, all roads lead up to the mountain to God? How were you able to verify that? Um, again, like, I think this is where we're just kind of like really kind of throwing a lot of terms and a lot of words on this. And we're trying to like pick our, like, we're trying to like pick our corner of the ring that we're standing in. And I know you're really, really standing hard for like the idea of like the Christian fundamentalists and stuff. But again, like, I don't think it's as black and white. I'm just telling you where I I know you're not, but I'll give you some feedback. You're definitely carrying it in everything that you're saying right now, whether or not you're trying to tell us what to think. Why would I abandon? Why would I abandon? Why would I abandon my core beliefs about reality? Nobody does. You don't. Actually, I, I, I encourage you to. Okay. I encourage you to because in oh, the process okay. of doing well, so, that's Jeremy, when things work up. Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, Darth, I'm going to just hold on. I'm just going to mute you for. Or do you want me? Something that I said was false, and I'd like to know what I said was false. Okay, so Darth, um, just in 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 habit and in honor of what it is that we're doing here, we're going to keep the conversation moving around a little bit because um, we're just going to like. I, I appreciate you joining and I appreciate you bringing this in here and we'll bounce around for a little bit more and then we're going to keep the conversation rolling. So Jeremy, I'm going to unmute you if you'd like. So Jeremy, go ahead. And thanks for being here. Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I unmuted Lane. Jeremy, go ahead. Jeremy, do you want to say anything? Yeah, I do. I do. There, you're good. You're on. I do. I, okay. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself. Tell me why you trust yourself. You. You don't have an answer for it. There's no way you have an answer for it based around your property. Do you want me to unmute him? Do you want to talk to him? Is that... I, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? Can you guys well, hear me? I, I just, okay. Yeah, no, we can hear you. Uh, so, okay, yeah. I just, you know, no, 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 no. Hold I, on, I hold on, hold actually, on. I don't want to listen to this guy. This guy is a fucking troll for, out of the depths of his own existential hell. This well, hold guy does on, not Jeremy. believe let in just, himself. No, no, let you me just will live in hell for the rest of your life second. if you don't believe in yourself, man. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have the ability to validate your own beliefs, Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm just going to stop you for one second only because just like out of honor of respect of practicing what we're doing here. I just want you to like practice not getting too riled up. I'm not, so I'm not, I I have, I, I want to liberate this man. This man is like living horrible. I can just feel the pain from a distance, dude. You know what? And you're trying to spread it around to other people because you live in an existential hell. You live in an existential hell where you cannot 
validate yourself. You cannot. But he's not. He's not trolling. No, no, that's fine. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, he, I, from his I, perspective, I, he's not trolling. I'm trying to shake this man out of his own out of his own pain. Uh, they don't respond to that. Oh no, he's, he's based around his epistemology, which I, I study epistemology. He could never validate anything for himself. He is helpless to a more powerful system that he has to believe in. But even that choice is your choice, sir. You've made that choice. The only choice you could ever make in, in power is the choice to is to assert yourself to some authority, to some tyrant. You know, there is no need for that. There's no need for that. You do not need to assert yourself to some tyrant. You don't need to bow down to someone to, to validate your own experiences. That is just, it, it, it just gets beyond the pale, man, because I think that's exactly what Christ was talking about. Christ was talking about developing self-trust. Christ was talking about Christ within. You know, he, he, if you go back and you look at what he was actually saying, he was talking about being able to experience and being your own inner valid authority. And everyone is going to do that. You can't sit here and try to break people down into your ethno-nihilism to try to eventually come up with some white nationalist nonsense or something like that. When these Wait, things have he, been disproven over, like over layers and layers and years of philosophy, this is the stuff that philosophers used to debate back in the 1500s and the 1600s, like Rene Descartes and stuff. Man, Go back and read those guys. Don't, you don't have to bring this pain, your pain, this place, and try to assert it into other people and break them down into your nihilism because you can't trust yourself. That's all I'm going to say. You, all right. you, should, you should go sit down and relax. And like, seriously, man, you, you have no reason to sit here and spread your psychic pain in this place. I, I'm totally disgusted by you. I, I've read I, I'm an epistemologist. I've read the Christian history. I have a, uh, my, my cousin is a priest. And, and I, I, have no, I have no respect for you. I have no respect for you coming here and trying to disprove other people's sense of self-worth and sense of ability to validate their own experience. Know yourself, man. Know thyself. Once you know yourself, you'll be totally set free. There's no tyranny in that. There's no, there's no falsehood in that. The real truth is from being able to validate and understand from within. And until you find that, man, you're just going to be going around trolling people and whether you think you're doing it or not, man. And, and you'll never be at, at peace. You will go to hell. You will be going to your own existential hell because you are separated from your heart, which generates reality. And everyone else is yes, hard around reality. So that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to go for a smoke. This man all right, all right, is, all I got to say, dude, is you're in pain and you're, you're trying to spread it. And I, I respect you for, for reaching out, man. I respect you for reaching out. And I think you're, as, as someone who studied epistemology and Christian history, I just think you're so far off. It's, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting and you need to go somewhere for help. I'm going to go up the smoke. Oh. Jeremy, I'll, I'll just say real quick. Remember, it's times like this. I'd like This is like important because like this is about playing on hard mode. So I'll talk to you in a bit. All right. So Jeremy's coming back. So again, Darth, I'll pass it over to you, you in a minute. And, and again, like I appreciate you joining. It gives us an interesting scenario to be able to have these conversations because I think they're important because I think even though Jeremy is passionate and you can feel that he's got a lot of emotion coming into it, what he says is not the be all end all for, for everyone's like perspectives here. And uh, at the same time, I just want to remind us to like, as we go through this, like this is about like continuing like respectful conversations. So like, yeah we might have like conflicting like ideas and stuff like that. But like the real test in here is to not let ourselves get too riled up about it so that we can find a middle ground so that we can actually like discern the truth and so that we can like help like share more of our perspectives on it. So, I mean, 
it is an interesting process. Um, I think Michael actually had something to say. So I'm going to pass it to Michael. And then Darth, if you have something else to say, we can pass it over to you. And then we're going to wrap up this broadcast by about 1 a.m. So we got about an hour left. So Michael, go go ahead. Oh, well, just I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're good. Okay. Um, I apologize. I was doing a lot of work on uh, reading a lot about Hinduism. Um, so I just wanted to say, as far as um, I have quite a bit of, of knowledge about uh, Freemasonry, and as far as what we are taught is that um, free, Freemasonry is about building Solomon's temple. Uh, metaphorically um, speaking, I mean, it's not like, I mean, it lay like cornerstones and stuff like that but it's not like you know we're physically building uh, a temple and um, one of the things that is really interesting because I, I heard some of the things that uh, Brother Darth uh, had said and one of the things is is that actually you're not even allowed to talk about religion or politics in a lodge because of the way it makes, uh, if people have conflicting ideas or, or beliefs, it really, it, it really disrupts, say, the, the brotherhood. And really, to even join Freemasonry, you have to believe in a, uh, a supreme being. You don't have to say what that is, but you have to believe in some, uh, some, some form of of, of uh, higher power. And if anybody looks at some of the things that uh, Freemasonry has done um, through the years, um, there is a lot of use of uh, biblical uh, stories. I mean, you know, there's a the whole thing of uh, uh, Hiram Abiff and all that. So that may not be, that's a fictional character, you know, and, and we know that for, for certain um but what we use is or I'm, I'm sorry what they use is basically a um you choose you're, you're able to choose one of the holy books whichever holy book that is to you that is respected and that is that is a volume of the sacred law and that is a light. The Holy Books is one of the uh, three lights in Freemasonry. So one of the things that I think it is, is important, I mean, so many beautiful things that they do, like charity work. Um, a lot of it is more so focused on giving to charity and uh, children's hospitals than it is like you know, summoning goats and riding them and <laughs> stuff, you know. Uh, but the, the thing is, is that um, really, the thing is, is that, I mean, Freemasonry free was made to, um, to, to be a system of, of uh, morality as well as you know, there is esoteric symbolism and stuff in there. But really it is to make uh, good men better. Um, and as far as 
what that is is that basically through the rituals through the process through the degrees um you're you're seeing a form of self transformation you're getting closer to god and whatever that means uh to you and that is respected as such and you are not allowed to talk about you know uh, well you know what religion or am i or what i believe or what you should believe because there's no room for that in the lodge it your own personal uh connection to to god is your own personal belief and no one has any authority as as far as to place judgment uh upon that so that's all i wanted to say is touch on freemasonry mm -hmm. because i have a you know i've been to lodges you know i i i have a lot of ancestry with freemasonry and it's something i'm quite passionate about so mm -hmm. i have to speak about it you know uh whenever it's talked about <laughs> thanks mike yeah and again like i think there's a lot of thanks mike there, there's a lot of layers to freemasonry and and yeah and i i like the idea that it's kind of like there is like a moral guideline guidebook and stuff and then like beneath that there's like the deeper spiritual esoteric truths that people can sort of begin studying but some people choose not to some people join the freemasons and it's literally just kind of like a place to hang out with uh other friends and play backgammon and stuff like that and like backgammon is like a super esoteric game in itself and everything like that so um yeah love love for the freemasons you know love love for everyone like legitimately again and reminding us that like the reason why we have these conversations because like if we're going to get like riled up about something in a like internet discussion then how do we expect to manage something out in the real world so like this is a place to like practice having these discussions yet in a respectful way as well so just, um yeah Michael, i just go ahead. wanted to say um as far as what it is is like i said there's a lot of respect for biblical traditions so um you know i was raised you know <laughs> a lot a lot of, a lot of you know i i practically swallowed the bible you know when i was young you know as, as much as you know that information you know was taught and stuff but the thing is there's there's deeper truths be, behind the words uh in a sense you know there's if you really listen to the message what certain um teachers are speaking but one of the things is the golden rule uh which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you and you can find a similar message to that throughout uh many religions so it, you know it really is as far as the golden rule is to treat others the way uh that you'd want to be treated and i think you know there was a, a you know a, a historical uh a, a jesus then you know that was one of his biggest things is to um to to treat others or to do unto others as you would have them uh, do unto you and mm. so that's one of the things is and you can find that throughout um, many uh, religious cultures and it's one thing that Freemasonry uh, touches upon is that you know 
uh, we're all uh, brothers and sisters uh, in God here, and in whichever way that means to you, um, you know. So, so I wanted to say. Word. Sweet, Michael. All right. Thanks you for that contribution. And um, much love, V for victory. Um, okay. So like I said, we're going to keep passing around. I do want to be able to pass it over to um, Mr. Dawkins in a minute. Um, Darth Dawkins. I like that. Um, Lane, did you want to say something? If so, give a thumbs up. Like even if it's just like a preface before we pass it back to Darth. Okay. Let me just check your microphone. One sec, Lane. All right. Um, Lane, go ahead. I'll try to be quick. Uh, sometimes I find it difficult to gather my thoughts because the discussion takes so many turns. You guys can hear me okay? Yeah, you're good. Yes? Okay. Um, I don't know. My, my impression of, of what transpired there was not at all bowling. And I, I think I'm not, I'm, I'm not... This might be the first time I argued on behalf of the fundamentalist Christians about anything. But... I think we're doing Darth a little bit of a disservice to frame our responses in a fundamentalist Christian way when all he was asking, he didn't even bring religion into it, he, he just brought a, a logic question into it and it was sort of danced around and avoided a, a little bit and then it just becomes, I don't know, I, and I don't see us like having a conversation, but I feel like He's asking a, a an honest question and trying uh, try to know and, and have a discussion, knowing that people aren't going to disagree with it. But I think people kind of get emotional, and then it it uh, carried away a little bit. Um, in my in my mind, there's a lot of I guess duality happening with. Like, in my view, it's not the knowledge or it's not the ideology that, that is the problem. It's whatever the, whoever the person accessing that knowledge or ideology is, right? And I, I said it before, like, you could view God as a tyrant, you could view God as a, as a father. In my understanding of Freemasonry, um, uh, you know, once you get really high up, you understand that God and Lucifer are one and the same. Again, whether this is true or not, uh, I'm probably not the authority on this. Uh, but I think it is important to consider where we get our ideas um, about reality. As far as I know, um, I guess I guess what I just what I wanted to say was, yeah, I, I think it really has a lot to do with how you how you use the the knowledge. But I guess my like my understanding of of, of gnosis, for example, like there are different sects of Christians say. My understanding of of Gnosis was Christianity was originally used in the same way that we would say, you know, okay, let's take the example, I am God. Where there's two exactly opposite ways that you can take that phrase. One, I think, would be very in opposition to someone like Darth, and understandably, because it comes from a very um, narcissistic, power-hungry place where you just you know, you become very self-centered, I am God, and I'm the only thing that matters, and I'm in control of everything. Or, you know, the idea that I am God in the sense that we are God, and, you know, God is in all of us. Yeah, that's the same statement, but it can be taken into wildly different ways. 
and I guess uh, I I really felt that uh, I don't think we gave him much of a much of a chance there when he was just trying to be very human about it and ask ask a logic question and we we sort of I think took him on his his label a little bit. You know, I, and I guess I, I just want to be able to have a have a discussion that's, you know, I, I want the freedom to be able to like disagree and and yell at people, but not have, you know, the emotional attachment to it. Like I can disagree with and love the person the next day. You know what I mean? And I, I, I you know, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here, but I just I really I really think that uh, that we've we've made we've made progress and stuff. But I, I think it is important to. To discuss about how you you come to know what's true about, about your your reality there, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure that is the very first time of the fundamentalist Christians as a as an ideology. But it was, I don't think it was very ideology based. But I think we made it ideology based after the fact, and I think it's sort of clouded the issue a little bit. Mm -hmm. But maybe not. Yeah. No, I hear what you're. I hear what you're saying, Lane. So, thanks, Lane, for being the uh, cornerstone of reason. So <laughs> that's never happened before. <laughs> what is wrong? Usually, you're just like the playing the Deadpool, Deadpool role of chaos and anarchy. The, the Cubs win, and now I'm saving babies. What's going on? What is happening in this? What parallel timeline did we jump into? <laughs> God help us. Okay. All right. Let's keep. Um. Let's keep bouncing around Wait, a little which bit. One, which one? Which one's gonna help us? One? I don't know. Which one? Which one? <laughs> All right, Lane. Thanks, that. and let yeah, us let I'm us gonna... know if uh, there's anything else you want to jump into. Um, okay, so we'll keep bouncing around a little bit more here, guys. Uh, we're gonna pass the talking stick over to uh, Mr. Dawkins in a second here. And uh, yeah, apologies if any feelings uh, were hurt um, or if anything was just come off in a way that may have inadvertently sounded condescending in the moments. Because again, you know, like I think the finding the common ground here is really the objective. And and again, like I I, I want to be able to like know like without having to get into like an uh like fundamentalist Christian versus everyone else sort of thing. But, you know, for someone who is like coming from that school of thought, like what is some of the common grounds that can be like, rather than just like talking about the ways of how our ideas don't necessarily correlate, how are some of the ideas that they do correlate? What are some of the common grounds that we do share? And especially when it comes to helping make this world a better place. Cause I think if we're just going to like get caught up on just like talking about how, like, this is what I believe, this is what you believe. And therefore one of us is wrong kind of thing. That's just going to put us in, you know, an important circle, but perhaps one that we may spend too much time in than we need and rising above that um, and finding some of the, like the common intentions of like how to help shift the paradigms, how to help bring more love into that is one of the things that I'm personally interested in too. Um, but with that said, we'll pass it off. Uh, Darth, yep. we'll pass it over to you. Churches um, could be improved on. <laughs> fair enough, Michael. We'll pass it over to, to Darth and uh, Darth, without even asking you a question or anything, anything uh, that you want to say. And then again, just reminding everyone that, um, the intention here is to like keep things respectful. So even if you find yourself like getting like really emotionally uh, sort of charged and stuff like that, that will be a good time for us to take like a moment to just like chill out. So even speaking of which, before we even do that, just inviting you guys, let's just do like a moment of oneness kind of as we were referring to it as where we just kind of like take two good breaths to just be quiet 
and just like connect. So just inviting you guys to join in this before we go any further. So literally just without me even instructing you, silence, connect with your breath just for two deep breaths. Take your time. Go. And so reminding us that no matter which path we come from, it doesn't really always matter because it's always about stepping onto the opportunities to learn more, to see more, to open up those new doors. Transcending differences is what this is. And through this dance of infinite bliss, coming into that place where we open up both our heart and our mind, finding the balance through this space and time and seeing beyond the illusions, letting go of the fear, stepping into new ways so that we can remind ourselves why we're here. We're here to bring love into this place and to explore consciousness, to expand ourselves into the many places that we will always be able to remember what truly is. So with that said, I'll pass it over to Darth. And Darth, thank you again for joining us. And uh, let me just unmute you real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to respond to uh, what Jeremy uh, with the beard and headset responded. He first uh, stated that something that I said was false. But in his entire response, he never elucidated precisely what I said was false. The rest of what he had to say was just a series of generalizations uh, and psychoanalysis. And so there really wasn't any substance to respond uh, to there. Now he wrote in the text here um, that epistemic nihilism is a joke. Um, I'm assuming of course that he was referring to me. I wasn't advocating epistemic nihilism. What I am pointing out is this, is that if one uh, accepts the Christian worldview, where, wherein the Christian God has constructed the world in such a way that we can know some things where we cannot be wrong by virtue of the Christian God's omnipotence. Um, if, if one accepts that, then we can know things. So I'm not advocating epistemic nihilism. But if one does not accept the Christian worldview, and one adopts another worldview, such as, for example, pantheism or materialism, then it still begs the question, how are you able to, to determine whatever you state is the nature of reality? And I have yet to hear from anybody in the realm who's made statements about the nature of reality, how that, that can be determined, right? It's a, it's a legitimate and, and fair question, right? Now, in the Christian worldview, we have an omniscient, omnipotent, always truth-revealing God who endows us with a, um, a world that operates in a regular way and upon which that we have reliable basic reasoning faculties and reliable sense perception. But if that worldview is rejected, then how can you determine that the world operates in a regular way? How can you determine that your basic sense perception is reliable? How can you determine that your basic cognitive um, faculties are reliable without assuming it, All right? So I'm not, I'm not advocating epistemic nihilism, but if one rejects the Christian worldview, the question still remains. How are you able to determine 
anything that you state about the nature of reality. If you say we're all one, or if somebody says, well, we're not all one, how is that determined? These may, may, may be pleasant thoughts that give people warm feelings, but that still doesn't shed any light on how you're able to determine uh, your characterization of reality is correct, right? So that, that, that's my point. So in the absence of somebody giving a justification for whatever they state is the, the, the uh, state of reality, then these are just beliefs that somebody holds to. If they're just mere beliefs, why should we accept those beliefs? Okay, I'm done. Well, that's, that's a really good point that you make, um, Brother Dart. And I was going to say, well, some of them, as far as experiences, so say somebody has like, I'm not advocating it, but say somebody has a psychedelic experience. Um, whatever, say it'd be mushrooms, LSD. Um, what, what can one really say as far as the experiences that they're having? How can we prove that? You see, I'm, I see what I'm saying. Say that again. Well, yeah. Say it again. How Michael. can we? How can we prove? Um, I mean, people will say, "Well, they're taking drugs, or they may be hacking their brain," but they're having an experience that is obviously uh, affecting their perception or reality. Um, so, just curious of your thoughts on that. Is that directed to Darth? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Well, I mean, it could be uh, anybody. But well, yes. Um, just to briefly respond, um, and this is an answer to your question, but also to respond to uh, a skull. When people talk about that they come to certain conclusions about reality from observations, observations are not neutral. Observations are inherently theory-laden. In other words, when you and I have any type of sensory experience, we form certain conclusions based upon our network of beliefs about the nature of reality. We have a set of core network of beliefs about reality. We then form conclusions following sensory experiences from those networks of beliefs. So unless we can have some means by which we can verify our core network of beliefs about reality, then conclusions following an observations does not guarantee that it, that it is correct about the nature of reality. For, for, for example, when somebody, when we send a man to the moon, people will conclude that we did so because we've understood the laws of physics and chemistry. But that's not necessarily the case. It could be, really, uh, it could be purely uh, accidental that they got to the moon and not the result of underlying laws in physics. Because the consistencies that we see in the natural world could also be the product of chance. But because people intuit that when they see a series of consistencies without seeing inconsistencies, that it's therefore the product of necessity and not chance. But there is no way, humanly speaking, short of divine revelation, that anybody can distinguish between the events that they see are chance 
versus they're the product of some type of underlying physical necessity, such as physics or chemistry. So the bottom line is this is, anytime you hear anybody make a conclusion about the nature of reality, that conclusion is a product of their basic networks of belief. And unless they have a means by which their basic network of beliefs can be verified, then therefore their conclusions about the nature of reality are only as good or valid as their network of beliefs about, about reality. Okay, yes. So there is no, there is no, I'll oh, just give me 10 more seconds. So there is no neutral ground. It doesn't exist because everyone operates from a network of core assumptions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that means that that goes, well, I was just going to say that means that that goes with any belief. Well, I'm Correct. speaking, I'm speaking from a world where one would not hold to the Christian worldview from within the Christian yeah. worldview. We have certain innate ways of thinking that are an endowment by the creator. For example, uh, I believe that the God of the Bible has constructed us in such a way that we do not question the uniformity of nature, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't myself assume the uniformity of nature. The acceptance of the uniformity of nature is an endowment from the creator God. But if one doesn't accept the Christian God in, outside that realm, then they have to start from assumptions. Because if they want to deny that, then they're going to have to tell me how they can verify their core beliefs about the nature of reality. Because right. any conclusions, any conclusions whatsoever that anybody makes about the nature of reality from their sensory experiences is going to be a product of their network of assumptions. So if those networks of assumptions are unverifiable, then neither are the conclusions about reality verifiable. Yes. So, um, I just want to jump in and, and I'm curious, Darth, because like while you're here, like if you don't mind, I'm kind of curious to like sort of poke at your brain, so to speak, because I, I want to understand a little bit more about like why, how, how you see things the way you see things. And, and so, I mean, like for me, when it comes to people who are sort of like perceiving the world again, so we were talking about this, everybody's kind of seeing the world through their own lenses. Some people are building their lenses and some people are given their lenses. And so, I mean, like when it comes to people who are kind of within that Christian fundamentalist lens, um, the one thing that's always kind of just like not fully resonated with me was this idea that in some cases it's just like, rather than the church encouraging you to think for yourself, it just says like, well, this is what the Bible says. Therefore think that, and this is what God says. Therefore think that. And sometimes they'll like use this as like a fallback um, rather than sort of like pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone. They'll just be like, no, 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 like this. And, and they'll kind of like use the Bible. They'll quote the Bible to prove the Bible. I've like heard people do that, which is like this right. really backwards logic. They'll just be like, I'll be like, how okay. do you know can what I'll just, just I'll just quick, I'll just jump you, in you one second, one second, Darth, right? Darth, one second. Like, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just trying to finish. No, 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 go ahead. And uh, so, I mean, I've literally heard people do that. They'll just be, I'll be like, how do you know what's in the Bible is true? And they'll be like, because it says so in the Bible, you know? So there's sort of like this, like in my perspective, it's just like, how does that logically okay. stand up? Yeah. And the other question that I wanted to ask you is what 
is your perspective on consciousness. What does the term consciousness mean to you from your personal understanding of reality? Not necessarily what the Christian fundamentalist perspective is, but from your personal perspective. And go ahead. Um, okay. Well, you're, you're raising the issue of circular reasoning. How do we know the Bible is true? And somebody says, well, because God has revealed that it has been true. And you say, well, that's circular. The problem is this, is what is your option to determine the nature of reality other than circular reasoning? If it is not going to be the God of the Bible who created the world and has revealed himself, and if you're not going to accept that because you say that that's circular, then tell me what is your final authority by which you can establish the nature of reality that would not be circular? Because you see, all worldviews are inherently circular. For example, you assume that your basic reasoning capacities are reliable. Well, how can you determine that your basic reasoning capacities are reliable without assuming it? That's circular. And the same would go for your sense perception or the fact that your memory capacity is reliable. All right? Or, for example, that the, there are laws of logic which are absolute and invariant by which we can reason about the nature of, of, of reality. Like, for example, if I were to ask, ask, ask you, what is your justification that there are any absolute laws of logic by which we can reason about the truthfulness or falsity about any subject? How are you able to determine that? It's because unless you're omniscient, then you, there's no means by which you can verify that there are absolute invariant laws of logic by which you can reason about the nature of reality. For all you know is that there may not be, uh, the, the laws of logic may not be universal at all times in all, all places. You might believe that it is, but you haven't verified that it is, so that when the objection is raised that Christianity is based upon circular reasoning, well, the answer is, that's, that's correct, it is. There is no other means of ultimate verification that anything is the case. For example, if one were to say, how do you verify that the Christian God is the one true God? Well, that's an incoherent question, because if you ask for an ultimate means of justification that is something independent of the Christian God himself, then no such thing exists, okay? So the bottom line is this, is when somebody objects to the statement that the Bible is true because God has revealed that it is true and they reject that by saying it's circular, everything else that that person believes is also circular as well. And so basically they pull the rug out from under themselves. If you object to all circular reasoning, then you will have to object to the very foundational beliefs that you have about the nature of reality. And if you say that you're not being circular, and I don't mean you in particular, Skull, I mean anybody. If somebody says, no, I am not employing circular reasoning, then I'll tell me, then I will say, what is your final authority to which you can appeal to to determine the nature of reality in such a way that you cannot be wrong? Because if you don't appeal to a final authority, then you're going to have to appeal to an infinite regress of justification. Or you're going to have to start with an assumption for which you have no justification whatsoever. Yeah. So if you reject circular reasoning in the case of the Christian God, what is your ultimate means of justification that wouldn't be circular? 
Um, so I'll, I want a response this real quick and, and, and I do want to like I'll let other people get in here and I still want to hear your thoughts on what consciousness means to you. Cause I feel like there's some middle ground there. Um, but with kind of what you're saying, I think that is like ultimately where our perspectives differ. And I think that's actually a beautiful thing is that for me, I think a lot of this like awakening process is about living in the mystery. It's about moving forward without necessarily feeling like you need proof. You need to know this for certain. And I'm hearing that a lot. And with what you're saying, you're just saying like, you know, like, how do we know what's like the fundamental like foundation, you know, like what is the, like the absolute like authority on this idea and stuff like that? What is the logic and stuff? And so, I mean, when I listen to both you and other like Christian fundamentalists and other people in general, not even Christian fundamentalists, what I'm hearing um, or what I'm hearing being like projected uh, from like this like school of thought is a very, and don't take this wrong way, but a very disempowering thought system. Um, One that really sort of like, kind of like it really kind of, feels like it's constricting like if i were to if i like ultimately i'm not in that box because i i broke out of it like i was just like no like i don't want to just like think out of this i i want to exist in the unknown because that is where like the journey grows from and and so i mean like i just feel that like the christian fundamentalist kind of has like this pattern uh, of really disempowering people by not encouraging them to exist in the mystery. Um, but again, I don't want to get like, I want to keep moving along here and, and I want to poke your brain just a little bit more and I want to pass it over to other people afterwards. But um, Darth, what from your words, like from your imagination, from your like literal thought process, not just what the Bible says, not just what God says, what does consciousness mean to you? Like, what is consciousness? I, I have no, I have no ability whatsoever to determine the nature of reality apart from an endowment of God. Can you I, explain it, that in other, well, can you say well, that differently? There's an, well, the idea, the idea is, 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 and you're asking in a respectful way, you're asking me to make an evaluation about the nature of reality that would be on neutral ground, but there is no neutral ground. Either you accept the Christian God or you don't. If, the, if you accept the Christian God, and it's the case that the Christian God exists, then he is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. The Bible okay. teaches that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Now, you're asking me to set aside temporarily my... Or whatever most, works. Whatever okay, okay, works. You're at, if if you're you want to hold on me, to it, go ahead. What is okay, consciousness? You're, at, you're, you're asking me. I can't determine what consciousness would be independent of an endowment of the Christian God. Now, when you ask me to make an evaluation on neutral ground, you see, from my worldview, there's no such thing. There's, 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 there's either an alignment with the creator or, there, or there's rebellion against the creator. So from my worldview, no such neutral ground exists. So if you okay, ask but, but, me to make it, so like, so for example, go ahead. What the very fact, the, the, what, what, like, what it means, is, it, yeah. it, means, it, means, it means I have a brain and I can, I can think about my experiences as a result of an endowment of God of how he constructed my mind to work. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll leave it at that then. Um, okay. So again, like this is, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, thank you again for being here. It is interesting. Um, 
And uh, okay, I, I just want to check in, Michael. I know you got a point, but I just want to see if anybody else wants to jump in uh, with anything. Um, either if Stephen wanted to join, jump in, or if uh, Ashley or Bianca. I know Jeremy's got something, but I just want to give a couple other people a point. Um, Brian's in here. Hey, Brian, good to see you. Um, Brian, let me just check your microphone. Brian, did you want to say something? Yeah, Brian, go go ahead. W welcome back, Brian. It's, it's been yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Hello, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, greetings, Darth. How are you, my friend? Here, let me just pull Darth's mic up over him. He's good. Yeah. Yes. Um, I I, uh, I I do see it from your perspective. I do see how um, that you can see it that way. How when you're raised a certain way through your ex own experiences, that's how I wasn't raised this way. Okay, but what I'm saying is how you were either through your experiences, you've come to determine on how you feel and how you see the world. Am I right? No, I came, I came to believe what I believe through a revelation of the Christian God. Okay, so my point being is through your revelations, would you also agree that it's through an experience or through experiences where you're at right now in this moment? I'm sorry, could you repeat your last two sentences? My headset went out because of a low yes. battery. Through, through your experiences, of, through the revelation of God, where God has given you a revelation to where you are now, um, would, you, would it be fair to say that is a belief system of where you're at right now? Well, of course, of course, it's, of course it's a belief, but are it's you, what we would – it, it, right, I'm right. trying to answer you. Yes. But it wouldn't be a mere belief. It would be what we would call in philosophy a justified true belief. It's a belief that is not only true, but its ultimate justification would be in the omnipotent, omnipotent, always truth revealing God. So it wouldn't be a mere belief. Is God exclusive or inclusive? I don't know what you mean by that. Meaning, does God include all that is? Or is God mm, separate and put in a box? No, God, God is independent um, and distinct from his creation. Why would that be and why? Because the Bible teaches in the beginning, God created the heads and the earth. God is an eternal, non-contingent being who always was and had no beginning. So he couldn't possibly um, be... A part of the creation since there was a point when the creation was not there so that the creation the heavens and the earth are ontologically separate and distinct from god himself god is contingent upon nothing but the creation is contingent upon god the bible teaches that he upholds all things by the power of of his word so, so i we, guess what i'm coming down to the point is you, as you as an individual, you as a personality, a third dimensional individual, do you see God then as above you or greater than you? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a non-contingent eternal being. I'm a contingent so, being. So I guess my other point is, isn't it just a belief system that through your beliefs, through your experiences, that's what you hold true for you? No. So is, not, are not, you speaking no, for everybody to, else or can you I don't speak for hold, yourself? I don't hold to a postmodernist definition that something is true for somebody else or not. Some, something, something is true whether or not somebody believes it. 
So where does free will and free choice come into belief? I don't understand your question. Meaning you see yourself only on this planet, right? You only see yourself that God's really in control of this planet and everything, right? Uh, God is God upholds everything that exists and worry not to it would cease to exist so i guess my thing is why do you see yourself separate from creation i'm not separate from creation i'm a part of creation then wouldn't that be the same as assuming that god is a part of you already no oh, god is not a, no god is not a part of me god is a non-contingent eternal being so my friend and you what I'm saying is, why do you give your power away to a higher authority, which you're already a part of? You separate what do you mean, yourself. Give, give my, what do you mean? I, I don't under, I, listen, I'm not trying to be rude. I no, don't no, understand I, I, what that means. Give away, I, I'm, I'm give really, away. Yes. I'm no, really, I know I you're not. This. Yes. I know that. I don't understand what you mean. Why am I giving away my power? When you, uh, my existence, is my existence. Let me just give me yes. 10 seconds. Yes. My existence and your existence right now is completely and entirely contingent upon God. I'm not giving any way. I am not autonomous. But you're putting Only, God above you. You're saying that this this power no, no, is no, somehow no, above no, or greater no, than no. you. Here, that, there's, here's where you're mistaken. I am not putting God above me. I am simply recognizing the fact that God is ontologically, in terms of his existence, uh, the ultimate authority and upholder of all things. So it's independent of what I would uh, have a mere belief in. Now, it's very interesting how you word that, though. It's almost still like you're, you're putting yourself in a box. Why do you do that? I don't understand. Listen, I am not trying to be rude. And I no, no, no. I, I know. I'm trying to I understand. Don't under I don't understand what that cliche means. Okay, you're I'll, I'll explain it. I'll break it down here, my friend. Mm -hmm. Why do you put, why do you limit yourself? Why do I you, don't, why do you no, limit, why do you put yourself I'm in not, a box? I'm not understand. limiting. Well, for, well, first, first of all, I'm not limiting myself. I am simply repeating the self-authenticating, self-attesting revelation that God has given. This is not a product of my vivid ima imagination, right? Now, if you think that anything within the Christian worldview is put, putting ourselves in a box, then you must believe that those beliefs are therefore not independently true above what we believe. Is that what your position is? I'm trying to figure out and have a hard time, I guess, is that from one perspective, I can see your point of view, but I also see it that you limit yourself because it's almost like you put your, your thoughts in a box saying, this is the only way, the truth way to God or the well, only how way. Do you know, how are you able to determine, how are you able to determine that the statements that I'm making about the nature of reality do not comport themselves to reality when you say I'm putting myself in a box. Basically what you're saying in a roundabout way is that my beliefs are false no, and I'm no. and hindering. Okay. Well then they're true then. They're both. You're, you're separating. Oh, okay. You okay. Do you this, understand what you just that. uttered? That was awesome. Would you, would you just, that's what the you truth just right uttered, there. What you just uttered. I'm what you sorry. just uttered. You it's said both. that. Okay. Okay. Here's the mistake that you're making. Okay. What you have just affirmed is that in logic is A can equal not A. 
Okay, that's called the law of non-contradiction. That's from that's from a third dimensional point of view. Quantum. When you get physics and go beyond, okay, go for it, go for it, Brian. Listen, you see it from listen, a different perspective. Listen, here, here's here's the problem. Okay, one one cannot reason about the nature of reality without employing number one, the law of identity, which is a equals a, and the second would be the law of non-contradiction. A cannot equal not a now you are contradicting what i am saying okay you are okay okay good well here's the problem then then do you understand that if you state that contradictory states of affairs can exist what that therefore means it's it, it's a meaningless statement about the nature of reality so for example so what you're saying is a cube can be entirely and completely white and entirely and completely black, simultaneously black. From a third dimensional that, point of view, yes. But okay, then again, I don't know what the, I don't know what third dimension means. That's what I'm saying. When Sometimes, you state, okay, yes, when you ahead, state, sure. when you st you say, do you understand that whenever you reason about the nature of reality, when you argue that something is true, you are arguing that a equals a. And therefore, its negation is false. The moment you allow for an exception in the law of non-contradiction, that there can be instances where A can equal negative A or not A, the moment you do that, mm -hmm. you have slashed your throat philosophically about the nature of reality. Because then I will ask you, Based how on are who? you? Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What I am Based saying to you authority. right now, what I am saying to you right now is extremely profound. Okay. If you do not affirm the absolute nature of the law of non-contradiction, that <laughs> A cannot equal not A. If you right. say that that is not absolute and invariant <laughs> and universal, then you are saying is then there are instances that A can equal not A, then how are you able to determine outside of your sense perception mm -hmm. when that holds and when it doesn't? Very simple, my friend. Through a, from a limited third dimensional point of view, you only see it from one perspective. So yes, A plus A. You, you didn't understand my question. I, I, I'm how, explaining How are I'm you explaining. able to Darth, determine? Darth, I'm muting you. I'm explaining Hold on. It Brian, go ahead. Very, very carefully. On this third dimensional reality, what we call your five senses that you could smell, touch, taste, feel, all these things, okay? From one perspective, yes, it's true. A, one plus one equals two. And you can't really change that, right? I mean, we all agree as a consciousness that that's agreeable. But when you start thinking outside the box, when you start expanding your consciousness, which you, I guess you're not really familiar what that really is or what that means, it's only a definition. It really doesn't matter what it means. It, what it means to you is what's the most important thing. How you go start to expand the consciousness of the mind outside into other realities, other planets, other dimensions, what happens is you don't limit yourself. You're not in a box. You see, you start to feel what the creator feels. You start to feel what God feels. You see, but when you limit yourself and you put yourself in a container, then how, of course, you're going to say one plus one equals two, because that's all you've ever been raised or to believe. 
that's your experiences, my friend. But don't dictate to that. Don't dictate uh, dictate that to other people because you can say it, but it doesn't mean hold true to everyone else. So from that perspective, from one perspective, yes, you're true. You're right. One plus one is two. But when you start thinking outside the box, it becomes whatever you choose it to be from the perspective in the eye of the beholder. We're in this universe. You're not just what you can. You can say that you're that you're that God is greater than you. And that the, the meaning of life, and you can hold all these values and what you believe, that's true to you, and that's okay. But other people want to expand. They want to see beyond what the church has to offer, what, what beyond these definitions that you say, what we say as a collective, what God is. How do we define God? Why, just because some book was written, how do people live even beyond the Bible, and beyond the, or even before the Bible was even written? How can you justify that? Dear friend, you, you still limit yourself. Move beyond that. It's time for humanity to move beyond restrictions and mm, these things. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Let's start thinking outside the box to expand and to feel a little bit more, to have a more meaningful life. Let's not hold ourselves back anymore. Thank you, Brian. Much um, love, my friend. Thank you, Darth. I'm going to I'm going to unmute you in a second. And and yeah, like I, I just reiterating some of what, like what Brian is saying is that and even reiterating what Darth was saying, you know, like there's there's this idea that like a can't equal not a like that's like a thing. But as you start like pulling back beyond what we commonly think of as like this 3D reality, this physical reality, a can actually equal a through Z. Um, very, very much so. And I think like that is why a lot of like the Christian viewpoint really challenges with that. Because like, if you open up that possibility, then like, where does it end? It becomes too infinite. It becomes like too much for people to try to like wrap their heads around or turn into like a proper sermon or something like that. Um, but I think, yeah, like Darth, I, I hope through this conversation, uh, there's like some seeds getting planted into the idea that there is no spoon. So, Darth, I'm going to pass it back to you and unmute you, and then we're going to bounce it around some more with some uh, further discussion as we get closer to wrapping up the end of the broadcast. And we're going to mention to you guys what the topic's going to be for Destiny School coming up next week. So stay tuned. Darth, I'm going to unmute you. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, Brian, either you affirm that the law of non-contradiction is universal, that it is true at all times and all places, or that you deny it. Now, based upon what you said, you seem to deny the absolute and universal nature of the law of non-contradiction. The moment you do that, then you cannot refute that anything that I say. You can attempt to, but then you're going to have to show why a contradiction would be invalid outside of your sense perception. So if you and I are discussing, for example, uh, what is going on on the backside of Mars, but we don't have a sensory experience of that. If you deny that the law of non-contradiction holds universally, invariantly, at all times and all places, then I can make a statement that is a contradiction and you cannot say that's invalid. I don't think you realize the implications. You see, in order, in, in order, in order to deny the law of non-contradiction, you actually have to employ it. That's why I wrote in the text that it is philosophically suicide 
to deny the law of non-contradiction. The law what? of not the law of non-contradiction is the, yes. the most fundamental basic human tool of reasoning. Brahma. So now, so for now, if you say that the law of non-contradiction, hold on. If you tell me, Brian, yes, that the law of non-contradiction is not universal and invariant. In other words, that there are exceptions to it. Then how do you know that what I am saying that you have deemed as a contradiction? How do you know that that's invalid? Answers you friend don't. is through your beliefs and how you're raised and what you perceive through your senses. Okay, but then, that, that's, that's just ageism, Brian. What you're telling me does not verify anything. I'll okay. mute you again unless you stop talking over top of Brian and the question that, that you asked. That him. is from a third perspective, a third dimensional point of view. That's all that is. You, it's all, almost like you apply the laws of physics just for this reality. Of course, that's fine. That's how we're all raised, a third dimensional being. Once you step beyond that, things of reality start to shift, start to physics, start to even shift Let themselves. The very nature of reality shifts. That's Let where me ask you a at. question. You How studied. are you able to determine what the nature of reality is? I don't have to determine anything. I just allow it. Wait a minute. You just told me. I allow that, it. That the nature of reality changes. How are you able to determine what the nature of reality is? By feeling it, not thinking about okay, it. Okay, good. Your feelings, your feelings. Feeling. Are you are your basic cognitive processes reliable in order to determine that? It's much more than just the third dimension, though. I, I I'm not, okay, you're more. not you're not understanding the question. If you're telling me that you're able to de determine something, you must be presupposing that your basic cognitive processes are reliable. But That's how are you able to verify that your co that your cognitive processes by which you reason to that are themselves reliable? My friend, does God have to prove that God is God? Um, the only means by which anything could be proven is if the Christian God exists. Deny that the Christian God exists, then nothing is provable. But that is just one perspective, dear friend. You, you like I Good. said, before, and you told me that the law of non-contradiction is not both. universal. Therefore, it's what both. I'm saying is valid, whether it contradicts you or right. not. It works for you. What I'm, what I'm getting. It has it, nothing to do with whether it works. Hold on, Darth. I'll, I'll mute you again unless you calm down. So. No, I'm not. I'm not upset. Uh, yeah, but you're just about. talking over Brian a little bit. So. Oh, no, we're having a conversation. No, and no, it, no, no. It's turning into a yelling match, Brian. Go ahead. I'm not yelling. It's sounding less like a conversation. No, ahead, the Brian. point I'm trying to make is Brian is making a whole lot of cliches and throwing out slogans, but he's not telling us how he can determine the nature of reality. The one thing I want you guys to take home is that he denied that, the, the, that there's an absolute law of non-contradiction. Once he has done that, then he has no ability to say that what I'm saying is false because it would contradict some other true state of affairs because he doesn't affirm that the law of non-contradiction is universal. Since it's not universal in his point of view, then contradictions are valid in certain cases. It goes beyond that, though. So you go didn't ahead, understand Brian. a word I just said, did you? No. I do. Okay. What, Brian, go ahead. You're good. Go ahead, well, Brian. Very, very respectfully, though. It, it's just – Everything's in the eye of the beholder, but you're put, still putting God up like it's the only source. Like it's just that, and that that's like it's like the only thing that's greater than yourself. It's like why? It's like we you can get into these philosophical debates. That I understand that I understand from still from a third per perspective. But you haven't have you ever experienced what it would be like on another planet? Have you ever have remembrance of what it was being on Mars? Have do you have this conscious awareness? Do you know this, my friend? That's what I'm getting to.
not trying to disprove this or that. We can get into a, a debate back and forth, back and forth. I'm not trying to find to win. I don't care about it. It's about what your personal, what your beliefs are, what you've experienced so far in life. In life. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's through a belief system. So your reality, it can shape you, but yet you are always in command of your own creations. Always. You're in command of your life. Yes, we're going to uh, be born again and die, but there's other lifetimes. There's other things. Do you understand about even other lifetimes out there, my friend? Do you want me to – I, I want to be able to let Jeremy jump in in a second. But much love. That's, that's all I'm going to Yeah, speak. okay. Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm going to let you jump in. Uh, Darth, I'm not cutting you off. I just want to be able to let Jeremy jump in because he's been waiting for a while. So, Jeremy, go ahead. And let me just check your volume. Um, okay. Yep, go ahead. Okay. Uh, first, uh, I'd like to apologize to you, Darth. I, uh, you know, I, I think I was trying to rattle you because I, I, well, we can move past that. I was trying to rattle you and I do believe that you make a lot of sense. And I want to, to like affirm that I, I feel like I, I more than feel, I understand where you're coming from as someone who's working with logic. And I think that you have actually espoused many profound truths about critical thinking and about the need to verify um, internally. Um, I think it's amazing. The depths of your journey here, um, I can, I, 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 I think it's is, is amazing that you, you put this much um, effort and thought and life into, um, into this process of critical thinking and, and, and verification and, and you're very passionate about that. And um, I do believe that for the last half hour, you and um, um, what's his name here, Brian, have basic. I, I, I can. I, I actually have. I actually been leaning more towards you, Darth, in a certain way. But I, in a certain because I can understand where you're coming from with the critical thing. I also really understand where Brian's coming from when he's speaking from the heart. But the overlap was like not. There was like no overlap at all between the two of you talking just now. I, I really doubt that anything happened other than either one of you just reinforcing your own belief systems, which is getting to my point, okay? My point is, you said something um, earlier, Darth. You said that truth is something that happens when outside of belief. You know, something is true whether you believe it or not. You know, I, I can really understand where a lot of what Brian was saying was super confusing for you and your take on, on, on life and very logical and consistent and moral and, um, and, and like the veracity, like the verification process that you're putting yourself through is immense and it's awesome. And I think that's really cool that you're going through that and you're trying to bring the, the gift of that and the fruit of that labor as you've witnessed the sort of this illogical like problem with the nature of reality that you have then made this conclusion that this other thing has to exist. And I don't actually disagree with you there. I think that there is something, there's something really profound about what you're talking about there, but um, um, anyways, I, I think that it is self-evident the thing that you're, that you're speaking about this, this that you have to lead to. But anyways, um, I don't think that you two were communicating at all. I don't think one thing was communicated to either one of you. I hope so. I hope that you guys can both sit and, and, and I think, you know, Brian being more empathic, he's more likely to have sort of registered what you're saying and, and, and you being more logical, you probably probably just reinforced because you saw that he was epitomizing 
the illogical thinking that you're afraid for other people's, you know, souls or, or you're afraid for other people's well-being at that, um, that they could be so illogical to your standpoint that it makes sense that you wouldn't have been able to really absorb what he was saying. Um, and, um, and so both of you just became more entrenched into this discussion. So um, going back to my point, um, what I think is really going to set you free, um, Darth, or rather not such because you're, you're free. You've already figured this out for yourself. And actually I do think you have figured it out, but um, I won't get into all the details about why I feel like you have actually discovered some really important truth that other people here may have not have discovered. But um, I think that you've discovered it sort of in veiled in metaphor, but you have discovered something really important that maybe needed to be shared. And um, I'm glad that you brought it here. Um, but the one thing that you said that really I think you should go back and reflect on, I, I, I'm just going just, to just call on you to do that, you know, I'm just calling you to do this. You said something that truth is something that exists whether you believe in it or not. And you've really made this case about the sort of the, this, that Everyone here is corrupted by belief, whether they want to or not. You know, that's your main thing, right? And uh, all these perceptions that everyone is having, they're all corrupted by belief and they all need to be analyzed. And then eventually everyone will realize that the further you go, the more there's this nihilistic void and you eventually have to give up to something that's greater than you. I actually agree with you. I agree with you there. And I think that you really elegantly described it, a process of going through that. Um, I disagree with this, the exact... Um, thing that you've reached out to, but I think the essential thing behind what you reached out to is true. That, that if, if you read the message of Jesus um, as allegorical to the real thing, which actually substantiates that real higher authority, which could be said to be um, from within, um, from, from this moment, from this real solid fermentation, the divine in everything. Um, if, you, if you can have courage to reinterpret that i don't expect you to but because i understand how scary it can be um to be in the state of mindset that you're in and i think that that's what i was trying to rattle you from earlier and i understand if it didn't work and i understand if you uh don't don't disagree with me about that so um anyways i want to just i'm just going to go back and reiterate this point a lot of what you've been saying is about is 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 based around this idea that beliefs have to exist. I think you can live and completely operate outside of having any beliefs ever. And like, uh, for example, animals, um, and, and, and even just moment to moment, maybe you'll find an animal that has a belief it's possible, um, you know, um, but if, and this is also one of the other things about the, the hidden message of meditation, the secret divinity of meditation is going to a state that is not uh, based around beliefs at all. When you go into a state of meditation, when you go into a state of pure experience of just the divine emptiness, the divine deity that is everything and that is all consciousness around you, um, the one true deity, which is all things. Um, the only place you can find that for real, and I, I, and I really like your, your insistent search for what that is, and you'll find it in silence because there's no corruption in silence. And you have to go deep within silence because 
within silence, you'll find voices that are, we, we, you could call these beliefs, right? Or you, you, you'll find, you'll, you'll run into your own psychological biases. And you have to remove those layers. And that's what people do in, in a practice of meditation, which does not require you to have any different religion. You can be a, a Christian meditator, for sure. Um, so um, if you really do want to contact real truth and reality, you have to go beyond your beliefs. You have to see that you are entrenched in beliefs right now, entrenched in the very thing which you are, you know, which you are at, 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 at arms with, you know, essentially. You, you've gotten to this point because you are actually very distrustful of all belief systems. And I think it's wonderful, your logic. I think it's very beautiful. And I think there's a lot of truth to it. And I've gone through that similar path, that similar cascading down and, find, and removing bias. And I can assure you, but you can actually get to a place where all bias has been removed and there's just simply the organic process of your being. There's just simply the organic process of you living here and there is actually something super divine about that process. It's not materialism. It's not literate, literate, Christian literate, literalism. It's not necessarily just a mystery that you can never prove logically. It is, a, it is the real thing. And... Children, animals, meditators, uh, people who are not as logical as you are, are more likely to contact that real living presence than someone who is contained within the world of belief. Because like you said yourself, belief is, is nothing to be trusted. And I think that you have gone down this path of distrusting all belief that you feel like you have to sort of uh, embrace some bigger belief, but really, if you're just still running in the wrong direction, as, 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 if I can be blunt, and I'm sorry if, I, if I've offended you, I really am, because I respect your process, and I think that your mind is beautiful, and I think you've done a lot of good by bringing this concept of self-criticism and uh, this concept of um, verification. And you can go through that same process and come to a place that is not of a, a scary void where you, you can come to that. You can, you can whittle way down to the point where you have no beliefs anymore and you can become like a child and become new, born again. You know? These are all metaphors that are in the Bible. You can become you know, like the lion lays with the lamb. You can become a benevolent, uh, belief-free, animalistic, childlike, uh, the, the calm, uh, easy-minded wisdom that comes from getting to the place in your in your in your biology that is free from from beliefs that is constantly looking for the truth and naturally renewing and removing bias and getting closer and closer to what the truth actually is and the truth is always changing so everything is constantly changing and flux at all time which is a whole different subject which might offend you saying me saying that i i don't know if it does i'm not going to try to you know you might be an einsteinian you know predeterminist or something i don't know but um so there's lots of ways around this whole concept that A always have to equal A. And the other thing is that when you're talking about this A thing, these are all beliefs. These are all things that are kind of based around a belief system. A will only ever be language, right? It will only ever be language. What is real is actually beyond that. And it has the only way you can comport with reality is through direct experience. And language will only ever be a something, a a placeholder, abstract knowledge, which you are right, is always worth distrusting. Beliefs are always worth distrusting, and it's always worth removing all belief systems. 
and getting to a point where you're just running on a clean, uh, organic, direct uh, experience with reality, with with the divinity, with the divine, with the world, with the organic outside process, with with your feelings. And every every emotion is actually every every time you ever feel anything is actually a connection with that. And I think one thing with Brian, he's so lucid with his feelings that he's never even contemplated this world of abstract knowledge, that a belief that you are so um, and, um, and you're so steeped in. And I think it's really cool that you have taken the time to be so steeped in it. Um, but don't run further towards beliefs, my friend. Don't run further into a place where it's just beliefs on top of beliefs on top of beliefs, the point where you just have to believe something which is just all beliefs. The, the, you know, like it's, it's, you don't have to go there. You can, you can get to a point where you can remove your bias. You can get to a point, and and, and you may. I, I don't know how. Whoa! What the hell just happened? Okay, we just uh, like five people just dropped from the hangout. That was weird. I like saw that happening. The, and I think Jeremy just dropped too. All right, so um, shout out to people in the live chat. Uh, I'm gonna take a moment to just like make reference to you guys. And if you guys have any thoughts and comments, please feel free to leave those in the live chat. And uh, I mean, at this point, wow, what just happened? Everybody got dropped. I'm the only one left in here. Um, shout out, thanks for listening to Paradigm Shift Radio. Just in case this broadcast ends within the next five seconds, tune in next week, oh my God. Um, no, actually, though, uh, yeah, this is a little glitch in the matrix. I'm honestly not sure what actually happened, but we'll give it a few moments for people to tune in. That was weird. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm reading right now. So it's just me and uh, the people in the live chat right now. And uh, they're just like, oh, my God, the, what happened? Looks like aliens. Aliens happened. The, Illumin the Illuminati shutting us down. So. That's interesting, though. Um, I, like I said, I was planning on wrapping this broadcast up uh, soon enough, but uh, we're just going to give it a few more moments um, to be able to keep going. What? Is, okay, Joel's in here, um, but it was like kicking him and rejoining him and stuff like that. Joel, how's it going? Go ahead and test your microphone if you're with us. We'll uh, check in, see if Joel's there. Joel, sorry. Um, it looks like we're still dealing with a little bit of a glitch. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure uh, how everyone got removed. That's interesting. Um, Darth is still in the comments. Uh, for those of you who were in the broadcast and are watching on YouTube, you guys are more than welcome to join. One of the things uh, I will just say, guys, is that, um, again, we're just kind of waiting for you to rejoin. Microphone. Oh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Um, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, Darth is saying it's like something called sniping or something. I don't I've, I don't see how people could have got kicked out of this with like me doing it. So that's unusual. Um, anyways, person get kicked out? yeah, every single person like got dropped. I don't know that, how that happens. Um, that is very weird. Like, like whether that's like a hack or something like that. Wow, thanks Google Hangouts for being super awesome and dependent and stuff like that. So very peculiar. Anyways, guys, um, Joel, I'm gonna pass it over to you in a second. I just wanted to say here, thank you so much for everyone listening and to tuning into this. I want to let you guys know that next week we're gonna be doing another broadcast for uh, Paradigm Shift Destiny School. And Destiny School is when we kind of pick a specific topic to practice talking about as a group. And next week's Destiny School topic for the month is going to be on the topic of dun 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 
conscious themes within movies and media. So that's obviously a topic that I am personally very interested in. So we're talking about, you know, we can talk about the matrix. We can talk about alien movies. We can talk about all sorts of different, cool, exciting stuff. Uh, even movie like TV shows that may be on right now, anything that you guys want to talk about. So stay tuned for that. That'll be next Thursday on uh, November 24th, I think if I did my math correct. And um, yeah, in the meantime, though, we're going to pass it over to Joelle. Joelle, uh, you were tuned into some of that. Oh, and we'll talk about Doctor Strange as well. And we'll talk about Arrival. So go see Doctor Strange and Arrival between now and next week. Um, Joelle, I'm going to pass it over to you since uh, you were here for some of that conversation. Is there anything that you want to say relative to what it was we were talking about? Yeah, I, I didn't get the name of the fellow who was... Darth Darwin. Darth, yes. Um, yeah. So from what I had caught in on that conversation, it was interesting to hear because from an outside observer perspective that engaged in the conversation, the dynamic that I saw play out was really an incoherence in communication, whereby if people are using terminology that is not understood or the value is not treated the same by the people engaged in the conversation, then you can't have a conversation. Essentially, you have an argument. You know, people are trying to prove a point over another. And so what I was compelled by a lot of what Darth was saying, because he is really emphasizing something that is really like a virus and quote to new age circles and that people just take things for granted without actually having experience of them. They simply adopt an idea as true without actually having any backing behind it. And that happens a lot. And so it definitely would have been good context to give Darth the concept of, okay, so what do we mean exactly by outside the box? And then for Brian to give a specific context of how he experiences the truth, not someone's truth, but the truth, you know, so to give very specific examples so that people are communicating on an even playing field, as opposed to trying to dominate one over another because of just uh, not having an awareness of what people actually mean. And I thought that was missing in that conversation. And um, I really thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, that you're, you're right. Like that, that is an interesting idea because like when, you know, when beliefs and lack of beliefs kind of are left unchecked, that can get into some very dangerous territory, especially for people who are kind of like really, like into the idea of adapting spirituality and spiritual beliefs and stuff like that. Cause I start like picking a little bit of this, picking a little bit of this, and then it can just become like, so like far fetched and ungoverned and stuff. So, so I think it's good if we can kind of like can maintain that balance of heart and mind. And, and so you don't want to be like too, 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 like super like open, like you want to be open-minded, but you don't want to be like too like loose and you don't want to be too like, stuck in one place either it's about finding that middle path i think and uh really being able to govern yourself joel go ahead the the you know we can certainly look at it you know the we can engage the world with the perspective of our mind slash logic or and or we can engage the world and our experiences with our heart slash uh st feeling states and mm -hmm. the I would say that if we're engaging with a heart state and, and really feeling things directly, that is the same thing as saying, this is my experience. I had this experience where this is what I felt. You know, it's not measurable per se in the external world, 
but we can feel that sensation inside and that becomes direct experience. Nope. Stop in there. Joelle, are you still there? I don't know why that just cut off. Um, all right. So thanks again for everyone being here. <clears throat> the people who were in the Hangout, none of them are able to join, which is weird. We've never had this glitch before, but it's good to know that this is like something that could happen again. That's so weird. Yeah, and now those two people just got dropped again. So <clears throat> go figure. Uh, Mark, you're the only other person in the Hangout right now. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? If so, unmute yourself and uh, feel free to jump in. Um, otherwise, we'll be getting close to wrapping this up. And let me just check in just with check some in. of the... Oh, oh, Mark, go ahead. I'm going to mute myself and pass it to you. Go ahead. You're good. If you want to, your microphone was working. So just giving you a second there. Mark, do you want to go ahead and say something? Yeah, it, it is working, Mark. You can go ahead if you want to say something. Um, you just muted yourself, though. So sorry for technical difficulties, everyone. All right. Um, okay, so maybe it's not going to work for Mark, but that's okay. Um, yeah, go figure, guys. Tonight was a very interesting show. And again, I'm glad it happened. Um, I'm not exactly sure, like, uh, how, uh, you know, like, it's, it's, it's interesting that Darth found the Hangout. And, and I'll be honest, like, that's where I'm curious. I'm like, I'm like, did did we as consciousness attract him to our conversation, you know? Because even at the beginning of the conversation, I'm like, um, yeah, I'm really interested in kind of looking at the different like ancient spiritual perspectives of the world. And we were talking about like a little bit about like Jewish Kabbalah and we were talking a little bit about Christianity. And then of course, uh, Darth showed up and gave us the opportunity to be able to engage in that discussion. And uh, yeah, it's interesting just to be able to hear um, a little bit more about... Uh, about like a variety of people's perspectives on things. So mm -mm, there we go. All right, guys, with that said, we're getting close to the end of this broadcast. And again, I just want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this. And ultimately at the end of the day, this is really just about encouraging people to keep asking questions, keep thinking for themselves and to keep looking at the different ways as to how we can bring like more love into this world and to try and find those common middle grounds. It's easy to sort of like butt our heads together and spend all day like debating and debating. And sometimes it's like one of those things that is our objective when we're having those conversations to just like project our belief or is it to really be able to understand someone else's. So when you are finding yourself in those like places, like really check in with yourself that you're like also listening. Uh, otherwise it's just like two people like just kind of butting heads and it doesn't really go anywhere in a lot of ways. So it was nice. And thank you to Dar. Thank you to everyone for being in here, uh, who was, uh, able to take part and contribute to this conversation. And, um, mm -mm 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 -mm. yeah. And so with that said, uh, we're going to wrap up. This is interesting. I'm just kind of reading the chat cause, uh, Hitchens, whoever that is, is saying anyone who joins the room can snipe and remove people. That is so weird. Why would Google allow that feature? Go figure. I don't understand that because we've never really had that again. So shout out to uh, any of the trolls out there for tuning into this. I hope you guys uh, also were able to download some of the uh, thought seeds through this conscious conversation. And remember that this reality is not as cut and dry as you have been led to believe and to keep asking questions and that uh, the real quest is within. So with that said, guys, just reminding you to check out more at paradigmshiftcentral.com. Tune in for ongoing broadcasts there. So 
subscribe to this channel at youtube.com forward slash skull babylon you can check out paradigm shift radio on itunes and subscribe there and on your podcast apps and if you're watching this on youtube now please or in the future please feel free to leave a like leave a comment let others know and of course inviting and reminding you guys that you can a huge shout out and a thank you to the team patreon supporters <clears throat> And for you guys being able to help make these broadcasts possible. And as always, you guys are invited to sign up for the team Patreon when you can at patreon.com forward slash Brandon Culleton. On the YouTube, it's in the cards info for this broadcast. And that's how you get the paradigm shift buttons, which have the main website and our potent tools for hacking the matrix where you are. So signing up for as little as 3 to $5 a month gets you the shifter booster kit and uh, lots of other good stuff, such as the love wand and the crystal wrap and the free hug signs and potent tools to help accelerate and assist in the shift where you are so tune in guys for future broadcasts find past broadcasts on the main website and uh again the next broadcast coming up will be paradigm shift destiny school on the topic of conscious themes within movies and media so before we end this broadcast guys just inviting you to do another moment of oneness let's just like take all this and just integrate it and let this be another reflection of consciousness doing what it can to help wake itself up. Because again, even with all the stuff that came into this discussion, I do feel that it's good. It's good to like be challenged. It's good to sort of like see where our edges are and to push beyond them. So just inviting you guys to join in for a moment of oneness. So just be quiet, take two deep, long breaths and just connect in that moment with yourself and whatever oneness means to you. Awesome, guys. All right, so much love. And um, as a twist of the universal branches, we do have actually an opportunity here. Somehow Eddie was actually to join the Hangout. I guess Eddie wasn't here when everyone else got sniped. Go figure. Eddie, if you're there, before we wrap this broadcast up, was there anything you wanted to say um, if you are there? Eddie's like not on camera. So we'll give him a second here because um, I would like to just be able to give him a chance to talk if he would like to. Eddie, I can see you there. If you want to jump in with some final thoughts, please feel free to do so. You're the only yeah. one who didn't get banned from the Hangout, so <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, cool, man. So, is, any, is, just, is it just you and me? Is anyone else here? Or? Something happened where like everyone else got kicked out of it. Like Someone like came in here and trolled and like sniped everyone or something. I didn't even realize people could actually do that. So go figure, right? So anyways, no. we're uh, adapting and overcoming. But Eddie, you were there for a decent amount of the conversation. Um, just giving you a chance to share. What's uh, what's like some of the bigger ideas that we should be keeping in mind here? What are some of your thoughts on what you observed tonight? What do we take out of this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I was enjoying it. It was interesting. Yeah. He, um... Oh. Oh, okay, now Eddie just dropped. Okay, go figure. All right, yeah, and then another person just tried to join, and then they got dropped. So with that said, guys, we're ready to wrap up this broadcast, and uh, there will be plenty more, and there's plenty of opportunities to connect. And again, guys, check out more on the main website. Check out the quest journals that people are creating and sharing there. You can sign up uh, to create your profile and create your own quest journals as well. So... 
with that said, and let me just double check. Shout out to people in the chat and uh, da, 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 da. just reading what Joel says. Ideas alone without one experiencing something to it is just an idea in your mind imagination, not reality, not the reality we share together anyways. Cool. All right, guys. We're ready to call it a night. It's a uh, 11, 11 somewhere. And again, shout out to all of you listening to this. Let these broadcasts again, be like spiritual fuel and inspiration to keep thinking, to keep asking questions and to keep learning through your own experiences to find your own truths. So there is no spoon. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.